Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Do a little dance, make a little love, and get down tonight. A lot of nuts involved in this thing. Somebody holler, pyro or something. Everything tonight has been brewing. Ooh, you got that curly? Ha, ha, ha. Every land on the top of the face of the earth is totally disgusted. Is it infatuation? I don't know if I want to talk about the monkey or the grinder. Hello, my Nitro Maniacs, and welcome to another wet and wild episode of the Nitro Mania podcast. My name is Adam, I'm your host, and this is the show where if you're not going to cooperate, I may just have to throw you into a pool. This is the 79th episode of the Nitro Mania podcast, meaning we are golden, baby. Last week on the show was our first spring break episode, coming to you live with only the smallest of technical difficulties from Panama City, Florida. Roddy Piper decided to team with the horsemen at Uncensored instead of the schlubs he'd chosen. Kevin Sullivan beat the shit out of Hardbody Harrison and threw him into the pool. And had your main event, main event gone on as scheduled, they wouldn't have even gotten all four men in the ring to start the match before it was time to go off the air. This week it is time for another pay-per-view. As always, I have with me a very special guest, host of the acclaimed retrospective series, WrestleMania Salvation, Salvivor Series, the upcoming Summer Sal, and... Hang on, what's this last one? Uh, the... A... A-A-E-W rundown? Must be new. Sal's here. What's up, buddy? Hello, Adam. How are you? It's so nice to be back here in the Nitromania studios. It's been a while. I see you've put, you put up some new pictures on the wall. We have Sting. We have Arn Anderson. Up, 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 up. I believe that's Sting! Yes, that's correct. And we have Arn Anderson. <laughs> hey, even Dusty Rhodes. Hey, wait a minute. This looks a lot like the AEW studios. Hmm. Pay no attention the pictures behind the curtain. <laughs> How are you today, sir? I heard you needed some help watching Nitro. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd call it help, but uh, yeah, so haha, I know it's been a while. Shit happens. Um, of course, this was supposed to be uh, Jeff on this episode, which I had arranged with Jeff when Jeff was out of his hidey hole uh, for uh, those, those two weeks in winter when he collects his nuts and berries and then goes and hides again. Um, and then uh, I had asked uh, John, because John had, had never been on the show before, and he's he's the newcomer, so I figured I'd give him a shot. I'd give him a little, give him a little bit of that Nitromania rub, you know, and, uh, and then he's not able to. So Sal is here. And Sal, uh, before we started, 
decided to rub it in my face that when I told him that I had picked Jeff, he said to me, you sure you don't want me to watch it just in case? And I went, no, it'll be fine. For the record, I want our listeners to know. I want everybody in the host thread to know. I want the world to know that Adam texted me a mere 48 hours ago. Said, it was. Said, it was Sunday. said, buddy, can you watch Uncensored? And the following nitro, and I said, "I believe what I, I gotcha. said was, I believe what I said was, how fast can you watch uncensored?" To which, uh, to my credit, I watched it decently fast. I did get distracted and started watching Money in the Bank 2011 for a little bit yesterday, which is completely off topic. It, it is, but you know, I just had, I like to hear a loud crowd, and we'll get to that because there was actually a loud crowd on this episode. <laughs> Uh, now it's been uh, it's been a little while since you've been on the program, mm-hmm. um, both uh, uh, timeline wise and real life wise, because I am terrible at getting these out. So uh, remind the folks at home your your history with WCW. Ah, okay. So I was well aware of WCW in the early nineties. It was it was <laughs> well aware. It was the wrestling that was on the other channel. Where they had a lot of blood. That's exactly how I knew it as. And and because every time I turned on a Clash of Champions, it was like a cage match, and there was blood everywhere. Um, I knew about Sting, and I knew about Lex Sting! Luger, and I knew about Ric Flair. So I knew about them when they came, well, when Luger and Flair came to WWF. Um, I didn't really watch in the mid-90s until... Memorial Day weekend when a certain <laughs> outsider showed up. And then I was like, oh, hey, this is cool again. And then I would flip back and forth between that and Raw. Because Raw was really hey. bad in 95 and 96. Hey, yo. It got a lot better in 97. Yes. But yep. WCW was still pretty good in 97. For the most part. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So for anyone I wrote who hasn't been following along, but for anyone who's forgotten uh, since the last time we were here, uh, three weeks ago at Super Brawl, there was a tag team title handicap match between the Outsiders and the Giant. It was a handicap match because Lex Luger was not medically cleared to wrestle because he couldn't get a doctor's note to Eric Bischoff to let him compete with a broken hand or wrist or whatever. Who cares? During this handicap match, Lex Luger came to the ring anyway, and the Giant tagged him in anyway, and Mark Curtis let him fight anyway, and they pinned the Outsiders and won the titles. The next night on Nitro, as he was completely within his right to do, Eric Bischoff demanded that they give the titles back since, you know, they didn't win them in the first place. Lex Luger, in his infinite wisdom, said, sure, but only if you sign on for a tag team match where all the titles are on the line. Bischoff was more than happy to agree to this match because why the fuck wouldn't he be, honestly? Then it was revealed that Roddy Piper was going to be allowed to field the team as well, since he'd gotten fucked out of the heavyweight title at Super Brawl. Piper decided the best way to do this would be to take up what he f- what uh, yeah sorry. Piper decided the best way to do this would be to take up what felt like half an hour on Nitro, fighting five no names and John Tenta to see which of them would be worthy of being on his team. And then the next week he decided to team with the Horsemen instead. Also, Jeff Jarrett and Mongo still don't get along. Did I miss anything? Well, you certainly spun it a certain way. And I'm so <laughs> glad that I was able to join you for this episode. Because as an avid listener of Nitromania, there's a couple things that you've gotten dead wrong. Oh, really? Okay. So, 
you have a very serious issue with Lex Luger coming out that night and teaming with the Giant. May I remind you, by your own words on your own program, Lex had been cleared multiple times, and every time Lex was cleared, Bischoff just kept moving the finish line. No, you have to give me a note from your doctor by this day. And then he showed up. He showed up with a note that night, and, and Bischoff was like, too late, you're supposed to have it to me by Monday. That's bullshit. That is bullshit. That's called moving the finish line, okay? Lex Luger was cleared. He had every right to be in that match. That's all you needed was a doctor's note to be cleared, right? He had it. All right, Larry, relax. <laughs> second of all, second of all, I don't understand how this whole fight for the titles turned into what we got at Uncensored. I, yeah, yeah. I'm still confused on that. And I Which is not, it's not, show. it's not that at all. Um, do you have any particular thoughts on this uh, Jeff Jarrett, Mongo, Deborah thing? <sighs> <laughs> Seems to be all water under the bridge at this point. Jeff Jarrett and Mongo are acting like best friends all of a sudden. Um. Also, I just oh, I lament that Jeff Jarrett is a horseman for these few weeks that he's a horseman. Oh, <laughs> I hate it so fucking much. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but also, um. I wasn't aware of all of the stipulations going to the main event at Uncensored until the pay-per-view began. Mm-hmm. And when when Tony Schiavone said, all the members of the NWO will be banned for three years, right? I was like, what oh, fuck? well, that just gives away well, the ending. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get there. Uh, so let's, uh, yeah, so let's let's get to it then, shall we? Absolutely. Let's di- Let's dive headlong into uncensored 97 it is sunday march 16th what 1997 we are live from the north charleston coliseum in north charleston south carolina and from about 9300 screaming fans we have been here once before episode 19 of nitro which featured eddie guerrero versus steven regal in your undercard and a main event of hogan versus savage uh, oh sorry hogan and savage versus flair and anderson uh, since that time, there's been only one other televised event or taping from this arena, the infamous second night of In Your House, Beware of Dog, which was accompanied by a Superstars taping that covered two episodes. Ah, Beware of Dog. Classic. We open with the graphics of all the matches tonight, and then Tony hollers us into existence. We scan the crowd and go to the desk, which is the Nitro desk. First time I've seen this on uh, pay-per-view. It's nice, uh, nice that it finally gets the rub, if you will. Uh, Tony talks to Dusty about the main event, the three-team match that somehow didn't get a special name. Dusty has this insightful commentary. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Tony, there's so much for the NWO to lose in this Uncensored. We have come to expect the unexpected, if you will, from Uncensored. It will be unexpected tonight. What will Rodman play in this great game of chess played by the NWO? We will find out tonight. Then we talk to Bobby about the three-team match. All of a sudden, now, if WCW wins, the NWO will relinquish all of their title belts, and they'll all be suspended for three years. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's believable. (laughs) So, so we know WCW isn't winning. Uh, Piper's team has a chance because their only stip is that Piper gets a cage match against Hogan, so we'll see if that happens. 
uh, to the ring for our opening contest, a no-disqualification match for the WCW United States Championship. Dean Malenko taking on Eddie Guerrero. Tony mentions a U.S. title bracket. I don't think that's the word he was looking for. Randerson rings the bell, and the two men just stare at each other. They push, they nudge, and then they start beating the hell out of each other. Eddie takes a shoulder lock and rolls to the floor. Sorry, Eddie takes a shoulder block and rolls to the floor. Dean yells at him from the turnbuckles. In the front row, a guy in a denim button-down shirt has his face painted like Sting. I've said it before. I'll say it again. If you're not wearing the gear, or at least the trench coat, and or have long, dark hair... You're going to just look like Abe Knuckleball Schwartz. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. Eddie takes Dean into the corner and just stomps the shit out of him, and the crowd boos. Enjoy more Dusty, won't you? Now, Eddie, yeah, he turned around. That's from the mud hole. They both got, like, mud hole stomping on the mind, and both of them have commenced to go into the mud hole stomping earlier. And now, the mud hole stomping is standing up, stomping the mud hole in the other guy's brain. Yes, you just heard it from our director of Mudholes, Dusty Rhodes. Thanks, Green. Tony tells us there's a commotion going on in the locker room, but he's not sure if we can get footage. Backstage, Nash Hall and Six are standing over another dead body. By the way, I love that. I'm not sure if we can get footage of this, and then we like immediately cut backstage. When we cut we backstage can't... to another dead body, the <laughs> the outsiders seem quite surprised. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we can't, we can't tell who the body is, but Nash is yelling for medical help, and Scott Hall mentions that the Steiners have had some bad luck lately. Nash is they yelling qu- for medical help like, hey, hey, uh, there's a guy. He seems like he's dead. <laughs> and then Dusty, when we get back, says, brother, already the game is starting to be played. <laughs> They question who the body could have been, and then literally seconds later, Tony confirms that it was Rick Steiner. <laughs> who is it? Who's on the floor? It's Rick. Oh, my God. Well, you said Steiner. Dean throws Eddie to the floor and retrieves the title. He throws the title into the ring. He throws Eddie into the ring, and then he beats up Eddie with the title. Dean hits a massive clothesline and covers Eddie for two. Dean tries another and gets caught in a urinagi, which Tony calls first a... Big move, and then a side suplex. Uh, it was the former, not the latter. How very big Joseph of him. <laughs> uh, Eddie talks trash. Dusty is impressed. I'm talking about Eddie. They both need to get unwobbled and get up. Well, that's true, Rain. Who you now, talking to that boy? Oh, boy. Now he's a lot of gagging him. Really wagon on him. Mud hole stomping and turn wagon seems to be what's going on here in this opener right here. And what a one it is. He then does not know the word surly. The face of Eddie Dream, a little surly look about him, a little different look than we've seen in this show. A A surly? Surly. S-U-R-L-E. Surely. And A. Double X handle, and that was on the knee again. Tony, he's doing what he needs to do. As you said, breaking him down and taking everything of his arsenal away from him except in his upper body. And right now he's going to try here and maybe put him away because he's really got him hurt. That knee, that knee's in bad shape, as the brain said. Daddy, no! It's worse shape now. Are you saying, are you saying, Shirley, Daddy, or Shirley? It doesn't even matter. Dusty's on fire tonight. Oh, so. you have no idea. Well, we're just, <laughs> it's the tip of the iceberg, my friend. Eddie locks on an STF, and we go to split screen to watch them load Rick Steiner onto a board and then a stretcher. Back at ringside, Eddie smashes Dean's face into the ringside cameraman's box. 
Kinky. Then Eddie gets whipped into the barricade. Back in the ring, Eddie locks on a figure four and screams at Dean Malenko to submit. Eddie holds the ropes for a bit. Dean's shoulders almost get counted down. Eventually, Dean thumbs Eddie right in the eye to break the hold. Eddie nails a trio of European uppercuts, then a back elbow off the ropes. He tries a slingshot senton, but Dean rolls out of the ring. Eddie rolls through, however, and baseball slides Dean to the back, sending him into the barricade. Eddie leaps from the top, but Dean avoids him, sending Eddie crashing into the barricade. He then drops Eddie throat first across the rail. Back in the ring, Dean focuses on that left shoulder, driving Eddie to the ground with a Fujiwara armbar back up. Eddie nails a couple chops and hits a big tilt-a-whirl backbreaker off the ropes. Powerbomb by Eddie with a jackknife cover, but Dean kicks out at two. We then trade dick kicks. Eddie's much more awkward than Dean's, but the roll-up only gets two. Out of the corner, Dean nails a power slam and nearly drops Eddie on his goddamn head. Dean then hits a frog splash as a special fuck you, but pulls Eddie up at two. I enjoyed that. Yeah, that was really good, because he hit the frog splash. And then um, I thought, I was like, oh shit, you know, it's fucking, he's, he's using Guerrero's move against him. But then he pulls up and he goes, no, 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 no. He does the Dikembe Mutombo. He gives us the <laughs> finger wag. He's like, nah, nah, I ain't gonna pin him like that. I ain't finished with you yet. I ain't finished with you. Not yet by a long shot. There it is. Uh, Dean tries a power bomb, but Eddie turns it into a head scissor. Eddie hits the ropes, but gets tilt to world himself for two. We trade leverage pins to no avail. Eddie with a beautiful tornado DDT, but he doesn't go for the pin. Instead, he tries his own fuck you, putting Dean in a Texas Cloverleaf. Got him, too. He fucking locked him in. Suddenly, everyone freaks out because Six appears from the entrance. Six attempts to steal the U.S. title right in front of everyone, but Eddie grabs him by the hair. Randerson tries to break this up for some reason, even though it's a no-disqualification match. Six tries to strike Eddie, but Eddie blocks it, causing Six's video camera to fly into the ring. Dean picks up the camera, clocks Eddie in the face with it, and rolls him up for three to become the new WCW United States champion. Good opener here. I I don't mind Six's appearance because it calls back to Dean losing the Cruiserweight title when Eddie came out. I enjoyed this quite a bit. I really enjoyed this, but I every time other bullshit took away from the match, I got mad. Like, I don't need to see Steiner load up into the ambulance. You can just <laughs> tell me that. Like, I literally got mad. Like, stop cutting away from this match. This is a good match. At least, at least this time, unlike uh, if it was last time or the time before, we didn't spend 15 minutes just watching them load him into the ambulance. That is true. Like we did with Benoit and uh, Kevin Sullivan. Um couple of pay-per-views ago and then god like you said i understand what the nw is doing it's not it's not that six ruined it but the match lost something for me when malenko used the camcorder as the final blow to make the pinfall i was like oh, come well, on they were going back and forth it was a really good match and then, well on that note dean then picks up the camera and is confused by it <laughs> he doesn't know how cameras work did he not just hit Eddie in the head with it? I went back. Sal, I rewinded. I rewound this. I went back, and he hit Eddie Guerrero in the head with the camera. Why is he confused? I think he didn't know if it was recording or not. And I think he was going to say then, something into the camera, but then didn't. Oh, maybe. Then we get replays of Dean hitting Eddie with the camera. Tony says, was he trying to hit him with the camera, or was he throwing it to him? That's a question we'll debate for a long time. No, no, no it's not. He hit him with it. Oh, God. Also, Backstage. I, all right, I have to ask you, is Dean Malenko sure. a full-blown heel? Uh, I would say so at this point. Is Eddie a heel? It. Hmm. Okay, because Dean Malenko, I understand it's uncensored, there's no DQs, but Dean Malenko, they're having a, a, a very, very good, good wrestling match, and Dean Malenko just meal kicks him right in the nuts. Right. And I'm like, no shame, <laughs> no shame in your game, not even a fucking no. hesitation. 
Not at all. <sighs> Backstage to Mean Gene, who wants us to call the hotline to learn about a WCW superstar who's left the company and why. This is a pay-per-view, by the way, so Gene is actually in a locker room, not in front of the locker room set. So about that WCW superstar who left the company More. in 96. Oh, you know who uh, it is. More on that later. Okay. Uh, Gene reminds us that Steiner was taken to the hospital and then brings in Roddy Piper. Unsurprisingly, he's insane. You have aligned yourself with three of the... Yes, a lot of people... Every day of my life has been uncensored. What's new about this day? i got to fight all these guys to get Hogan in a cage? What is this? Are you grieving me, man? A metal cage where you get your face grinded up and down. Just a second. Stand here and talk to me. I don't need to go through this to get you in a cage. But why am I doing this? You know why? I live metal. I eat metal. I got metal in my hip and I ain't talking about the Queen Mary. Speaking of Rodman, I come out of here in my dressing room. There's Rodman. He's knocking on the door. He wants to try on the kilt. What's the problem? He wants me in it. I don't believe none of this garbage. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Weren't you? Would you want to say something? Oh, one moment, please. Thank you. I, I don't think I could. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You got horsemen. I got Flair says, I'll be there. No flair! Anderson, I'll be there! He gone! We got one of the Steiners supposed to be there! He gone! What, I got horsemen? I don't know what horsemen are! Uh, do they ride mares? Or do they ride studs, huh? I got guys down there that are a little on the coo And if I'm saying it, folks, I got a legitimate beef here! I got, I got Hogan! I got Hogan, you clone Hogan and Dennis Rodman together! You know what you get? Golly! Close enough, Lama. You get Fredericks of Hollywood and Hogan. That's what you get. Otherwise, you just keep them apart. I got Dennis the Menace down there. I gotta contend with these guys. I got Horseman. Oh boy, oh boy. Horseman, what does this mean to me, huh? Well, uh, horseman, horseman. Hang on, hang on. Alright, hang on, hang on. Yeah, okay, so wait a second. Let me get this straight. This is the wino. You're the wino, right? Who's well, You're going out with him, right? Or that's your wife, right? Or you're the one that told me I can't trust these guys, aren't you? Admit it, admit it. Uncensored! I said there is some dissension from time to time. What are you, Johnny Cochran? Are you ripping? Uh, don't come out here and instigate, Gene. We're a unit tonight. The four horsemen are backing up Rowdy Roddy. You talk about Mark Men? Yes. These guys, Myron Mark men, it's Dennis Rodman, it's Hogan, it's Hall, it's Nash. Those are the boys that are Mark men. And Piper, I'm going to make a promise. Us three are working as a unit tonight with the real hot ride. Yeah, that means you're working and you're watching my back, right? Not jumping on it. Get it, Rodman? That means, wait a second. Have we compared our differences? Have we, are we all set and so Are it. we happy, Don't Mongo? Yeah. Luger, I remember you at War Games. Crawling off like some car hit dog. You didn't help the horseman that day, brother. And Holland Nash, I can't wait to get my hands on you. I remember down in Bradenton, hit me in the head with a spray paint can. I like it, it makes my teeth tingle. You posted me. You wrote NWO on my back. So what? Now you got Dennis Rodman, the worm from Chicago, a basketball player. Watch up, Chicago. I'm going to show you who the icon in Chicago is tonight. Excuse me. I'm not sure where you're coming from. Veins of ice. I need somebody warmed up. I need somebody going to be out there fighting. I need somebody go out there biting. I need somebody go out there with a little bit of razzmatazz. There's only one reason. You became the icon. That's by making the right decisions. That's exactly why you're standing here 
It's the right decision. I thought you'd tell me I can't trust these guys. Well, I, I didn't mean to say it exactly like but that, but I, there has I, been some dissension. No, yes. I'll tell you, I like them. If I can't trust them, if they're going to be all over the place, if they're rebels, then I like them. How do you do that thing that you guys right do with here, it? Right, right here. Put that one. Hey, 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 four horsemen. Four, 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 four. Hey, you know what? Just every time you think you got all the answers... We change the questions. Have a nice day, Danny. All right. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, the queen of WCW, Miss Deborah McMichael, I was going to talk to you, but apparently we are totally back to you out there. Piper complains about Flair and Anderson not being there, but he still has a full team with Mongo, Benoit. Uh, I wrote Flair, but it's not Flair. It's uh, Jerry. So Anderson is having surgery. Mount. Or he will be getting ready to have surgery. Because we know he's fucked up from Halloween Havoc 96. Mount. And Ric Flair has to have surgery, which is why he hasn't been wrestling in months. So why the fuck is Piper so mad that they're not there? <laughs> right. Uh, also, credit where credit is due. That may have been my favorite Mongo promo ever. Okay. I understand he's a big, dumb football player. <laughs> but sometimes... What he does bring is he brings one of those three eyes. He brings a lot of intensity. Yeah, that's true. Uh, thank God for time cues as well. To the ring for our second match, Psychosis taking on Ultimate Dragon. Sorry. The Ultimate Dragon. No one both uh, know. No, that's not his name. Say his name. Ultimo Dragon. Not, not yet. It's not. Yes, it Yes, if you What the nameplate say, Sal? What the nameplate What name did Tony Schiavone say? What the nameplate say? What did Tony Schiavone say? What the nameplate say? The nameplate said Ultimate Dragon. So somebody in graphics fucked it up. It's been like that his entire time. Psychosis came to the ring making belt motions, and he's not fighting for a championship. Right. Also, Sonny Ono now has an actual camera. Dusty intimates that Sonny shit his pants when Dragon's pyro went off. Tony mentions Sonny's brand new digital camera. Technologies. <laughs> when Dusty mentioned that, I, re- I I went back, and it's true. Sonny jumped a mile when the pyro went off. <laughs> uh, they roll around, of course, then we cut to the corner camera, which at that moment has a full screenshot of Psychosis's hair. Thanks, Craig Leathers. Thanks a lot. I heard a rumor a long time ago that I that is a, a rumor. wig. I, I would say so. Yeah. Like, Kane. Yeah. Like, isn't, a, isn't Jushin Thunder Liger's hair? built into the mask? I mean, now it is because he's like 56 years old. I don't think it was in like 92 when he was fighting Brian Pillman. Uh, Brian, also, Mike... T- Brian Pillman! No, just flying Brian. No Pillman. Uh, also, Mike Tanay is on commentary because Japan. <laughs> but Dragon were, hits a big... Japan, but they both made their name in Mexico. <laughs> Did you know that the ultimate O, Dragon was a the last student of Bruce Lee. We, t- we, t- we talked about that two pay-per-views ago. That is the biggest bunch of bullshit I've ever it's, heard in my it's, life. I, I, I talked about on that episode how much horse shit that was. Um, where the fuck was I? Here it is. Dragon hits a big kick combo on Psychosis. I think maybe four of those kicks actually looked like they connected. Dragon with a snapmare and a kick to the spine. We can't see the kick because Sonny Ono is in front of the camera. <laughs> Does Psychosis look taller than usual to you? Yes. Okay. Fake psychosis. They replaced him. He's a different guy <laughs> it's, now. It's it's Kerry Von Eric. <laughs> Ultimo gets the, 
Ultimo gets thrown into the corner and does a headstand. He kicks Psychosis on the charge, then runs back into the corner and walks the second rope for no fucking reason whatsoever. Showmanship. Before missing an enzigiri, Psychosis didn't even try to avoid. Psychosis hits a leg drop off the top and almost takes Dragon's face off with his boot. In the other corner, he drops an elbow and gets a two. Psychosis has also taped his wrists and palms and then taped each finger individually. It's very strange. Psychosis dumps Dragon to the floor with a spin kick, then a running dive over the top rope, and he almost lands like Undertaker did during that match with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. You know the one I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Psychosis throws Dragon into the apron, then goes back into the ring for a springboard leg drop once again, landing with his foot before the rest of him, this time to Dragon's stomach. Is he trying to kill the ultimate dragon? He's psycho. <laughs> Dragon appears to be alright, thankfully, as they continue to brawl on the floor. Dragon hits the Asai Moonsault, then gets back in the ring, taking Mark Curtis so Sonny Ono can do karate. Dude, that was a Cur- pretty good spin kick by Sonny Ono. I didn't know he could do that. <laughs> Curtis Curtis questions Sonny, who says, I think he must have slipped. Curtis then literally escorts Ono to a neutral corner. That was kind of funny. My Curtis is like, hey, Sonny. Uh, Hey, he slipped. He slipped. I I, I think he fell. (laughs) Yeah. Back in the ring, Dragon hits a moonsault, but only for a two. We then trade quick covers. Dragon avoids a charge in the corner and puts Psychosis up top. He follows, but gets elbowed. Dragon blocks the superplex, but hits a face buster, and we have a double down. They then both try a back wheel kick and connect legs. Dragon hits a scoop slam. Psychosis pops up as soon as he gets to the top rope and hits the Frankensteiner off the top. The pin gets reversed and the match continues. We almost botch a running powerbomb, then hit a flailing something off the top that was apparently supposed to be a DDT, and then a tiger suplex pins Psychosis. That was not great. Sal, I have never seen a Psychosis match where he didn't fuck something up. I didn't mind this match. I liked it. I didn't hate it. I thought it was good. I love the... um the tiger suplex to, to finish it off. Yeah. Um, the running Liger bomb looked good. Um, did you know that the Ultimo Dragon's real name is Yoshihiro Asai? And he mm-hmm. is credited with popularizing the Asai Moonsault. So Asai means dragon? <laughs> the dragon? The dragon Moonsault? Also, um, yeah, I thought... Like, this, there was so many moves just being done in this match just for the sake of doing moves. Um, and I thought that they were trying to, you know, so, kind of get innovative a little bit. So it was a lucha match is what you're saying? What I what I will say this. It, it was quite obvious that when Ultimo Dragon did a move, it came off looking really good. When Psychosis <laughs> did a move, nine times out of ten he fucked it up. But he's crazy. He's all over the place. He's psycho. He, he's like a loose cannon. No, wait, that's mm-hmm. someone else. <laughs> uh, no, still I enjoy the Ultimo Dragon, and like I said, in this match, and I thought the finish was good. <clears throat> yeah, Sonny Ono demands a Cruiserweight title match for his client, and we go to replays. We then go to Gene Okerlund in the entrance. He again tells us to call the hotline based on a certain newsletter from the time. It appears that the WCW superstar in question is Disco Inferno, <laughs> who was fired for apparently refusing to work a match with Jacqueline and put her over. According to this newsletter writer, a lot of the WCW locker room was behind Disco and agreed that him losing to her would have been a career killer. Sal, it's Disco fucking Inferno. So then they brought him back then? At some point, yeah. So, you know, it's weird because I I was like, who the hell are they talking about? Because I couldn't think of anybody that was fired and then went over to WWE in 98 or even later in 97. And I'm like, I looked through. So what I did is I went to World War III. From 96, which was like, what, November or something? 
and I went uh, yeah, I went through right. the sixty man battle royal. Oh Jesus! The only people that made sense that left WCW and came back to the WWE in ninety seven or the WWF was the Quebecers. <laughs> but I'm like, then why wouldn't they say two people? So I don't know. And also, they're still there. No, they they get they get um they get fired like now. Like, I don't think you they're, see them on TV anymore. Well, they're either on this Nitro or the next Nitro, because I've I've written one episode ahead here. But Maybe they're on anyway. the next Nitro, but they're right out the door. Trust me. Trust me. Anyway. What a tragedy. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, Gene brings out Diamond Dallas Page. He asks DDP about subbing for Rick Steiner. DDP talks about Macho Man. I mean, that's not what he asked, but okay. Uh, Savage then appears next to commentary, which makes Bobby uncomfortable. Macho says, of all these young ladies and babes I've known, so are the young ladies not babes? And are the babes not young ladies? Not necessarily. Uh, also, yes, for anyone who is wondering, they show the picture of Kimberly with the uh, letters NWO conveniently spray-painted over the important parts. Before we even get to the picture of Kimberly, the cover of the Uncensored magazine, um, or celebrity nude celebrities, I think is what it was called, <laughs> Had Pamela Anderson on it. Macho claims he's he's been with Pam Anderson. Yeah. Liz confirms this, and then Correct. Savage says, "It's 
Okay, Tommy Lee's cool with it. <laughs> Is he really cool with it? Because we all know that Tommy Lee would go on to beat the shit out of Pamela a lot, leading to their divorce in 2000. So I'm wondering, was he really cool with it? Uh, Kimberly then appears in an ugly green dress with NWO spray painted down the front. This distraction allows Savage to attack Paige from behind and spray paint his back. Kimberly lies atop her man crying, and then Elizabeth asks to spray paint her. That was really fucking creepy. Okay, no, no, no. Because, alright, so yes, they att- uh, Savage attacks Paige, lays him out, spray paints him. Kimberly lays on top of his back. Savage holds her head down, and starts spray-painting Kimberly. So that's already, you know, Jake Roberts' level of, levels of fucking uncomfortable. But then, you're right, then Liz is like, can I spray-paint her? And, my, and Savage is like, yeah, you can do the W. And, just, <laughs> and she does, and then he puts the fucking O like nine times in a, in a row on her ass. I'm like... What the fuck? Then he, Mind you? Then he made a little arrow and wrote, Dick goes here. You mean like Bailey's tights? That one time? <laughs> but one thing I got to... So first of all, I, to be honest, to me this is gold. Like it's it's very uncomfortable, but it's also like the best personal feud we've seen from Savage since him and Crush. At this point. You know what I mean? <laughs> or him and well, Flair, I guess. You didn't like the video of Liz sitting in the tree on the swing <laughs> when he was when he was under Macho, <laughs> under Macho, uh, Macho Taker. Anyway, uh, no, we stand the you crowd. Didn't think this was good. This was good feud building right now. Good heat. It was. It, it was just. It was just creepy to me. It was just kind of gross. Yeah, well, it def because she's in Playboy. It definitely gets even more gross. So, yay. Uh, we scan the crowd as supposedly people come out to help DDP. This lasts far too long. It is then time for a WCW martial arts match, according to the graphic. Uh, Luchasaurus is taking... No, sorry. Sorry, I'm being told that's Mortis. Uh, Mortis is accompanied to the ring by James Vandenberg, who you, of course, know better as Father James Mitchell. Let's take a sidebar for a second. <laughs> so, uh, let's peek behind the curtain. I texted you. I said, wait a minute. Glacier is advertised to fight Mortis. You haven't talked about these two fighting yet on your Nitromania. I didn't know we we're in the middle of this feud. And you said, we're not. We're not. <laughs> we're not. This is Mortis's debut. Tony mentions this is Mortis's in-ring debut. Quite the auspicious start. Now, Mortis sure. comes in, and I knew Mortis's manager, James Vanderbeek, because like I said, I watched <laughs> Nitro. And then... Nicely done. When he comes down the ring, I went, holy shit, that's Father James Mitchell. Are you shitting me? In my wrestling brain, I never connected the two. Yep. I had to to Wikipedia it because I did the same thing. I went, wait a a minute. I know that face. Yeah, and it's a different color beard and hair, but it's... And far less pointy mustache. You realize it, from three years from this timeline, he will be in ECW drinking 38 beers with the Sandman and almost dying every night. <laughs> and then bragging about it on a shoot interview years later. Yeah. 
But as so as we mentioned, this is Mortis's in-ring debut. It's quite the auspicious start, Sal. I'm sure he'll ri- rise to great heights in WCW. Is he wearing uh, green in his costume? Because if he wears yellow, a claim in Midway will sue them. <laughs> well, they still can, Reptile. Um, there is a there is a brief argument about whether or not Mortis is alive. <laughs> then we're informed. Then we're informed that Mortis knows Glacier and that they have a history, which is why we're having this martial arts match. Of course, it was Mortal Kombat one. <laughs> Fight. Uh, Glacier blocks a chop, oh, but oh, Mortis oh, avoids. Excuse me. I think you need to explain to the fans what makes this a martial arts match. Go ahead. Not a goddamn. Go not what a makes goddamn thing. <laughs> not a goddamn thing. Uh, Glacier blocks a chop, but Mortis avoids the kick and the leg sweep. Mortis spits in Glacier's face, then shakes his head at Vandenberg, which allows Glacier to go on offense. Mortis kicks Glacier in the side of the head, then uses some strikes that I guess you could call martial arts. He gets his legs swept out from under him, and that gets it too. Tony Mortis at one slides. Point says all martial arts moves are legal. All roundhouse kicks, side kicks, um, leg sweeps. I'm like, are they illegal in normal <laughs> wrestling matches? Hey, no roundhouse kicks in my ring. Do you remember the last martial arts match we watched which had had fucking Sonny Ono as the guest referee because he was Asian? <sighs> Meng versus that was was that Jim Duggan? Yes. That uncensored ninety yes. five ninety five? Yes. So they yeah. only have martial arts matches at Uncensored apparently. <laughs> yeah. Uncensored is the extreme rules of WCW. <laughs> Uh, Mortis slides under the apron and sits, uh, under the bottom rope rather, and sits on the apron to taunt, and I literally have no idea what this character is supposed to be. Glacier baseball slides him, then suplexes him on the floor. Martial arts back in the ring for a pin, but Vandenberg pulls Glacier out of the ring. Glacier chases Vandenberg around the ring until Mortis baseball slides him. Martial arts and then Vandenberg gives Mortis a back massage. Mortis flips into the ring and clotheslines Glacier for a two-count martial arts, but Glacier avoids the springboard leg drop martial arts. Glacier with a pair of palm strikes to Mortis's midsection, then Mortis hits a rocker dropper for two martial arts. He yells at Mickey J for the slow count. He tries another, but gets power-bombed martial arts, and we have a double down. Another leg sweep by Glacier, then off the ropes for a rolling elbow. Tilt-a-whirl flapjack martial arts, then a boot to the face gets a two. Glacier is apparently a big fan of doing extra shit for no reason, like a front roll before the elbow or a leapfrog before the kick. Glacier hits a superplex for two martial arts. Glacier hits the jawbreaker martial arts, which Mortis oversells. Uh, Glacier to the top. Mortis just kind of walks away from the flying chop, which always makes me laugh. Uh, Glacier rolls through, hits a springboard crossbody from the other corner martial arts. Glacier goes for the cryonic kick, but Mortis pulls Mickey J in the way. Mortis hits a kick of his own that gets a two count. Glacier hits a kick and pins Mortis for three. Congrats, Glacier. You barely beat this guy. Were you impressed by Mortis? Not really. But, uh, can I, but, who better? <laughs> I was going to make a different version of that joke. Uh, Glacier yells at Vandenberg. Mortis attacks from behind with his Halloween skull on a stick. A samurai knight walks down the aisle and throws Mickey J to the floor. He removes his helmet, and it's Adam fucking Bomb. <laughs> Mortis, <laughs> Mortis and is. Adam Bomb, Mortis and Adam Bomb beat the ever-loving fuck out of Glacier. And they give him no name. Yeah. They just say this large man. Yeah. Which is how they always <laughs> talk about people in WCW. Fucking, uh, the giant comes out there like, this large man! This enormous individual. 
Adam fucking bomb. It's Adam bomb. Would you like to know what his name is? Wrath. They yeah they haven't told us that yet. They will. And then this week or, ne- and then or next week. I I'm not gonna spoil. I'm 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 not gonna spoil anything for you. But but Glacier, get some backup against these two. And when you find Yay. out who it is, you're going to die laughing. <laughs> okay. It's Kevin Federline. Um, we got a replay of just the skull strike, and then we go to footage of the NWO committing hit and run on the Steiners. Well, for the record, that match was pointless. God. <laughs> like, this is what they've done with Glacier since since I haven't watched but I've been listening to you recap. I don't even think you've you've mentioned him that much on on Nitro. He's had one match, I think, since the last time he was on pay per view. What a fucking failed gimmick! And they put that guy over like he's Ex- fucking amazing. Failed, extremely expensive gimmick. Oh my god! <sighs> uh, enter Buff Bagwell, who says on his way to the ring that he doesn't even care if he wins this match. He's just going to beat the hell out of his opponent, Scotty Riggs. Speaking of failed gimmicks. It's Buff Scotty, Bagwell. Scotty Riggs or Buff Bagwell? Well, you could say both, actually. First of all, I didn't even realize that there was a time in Scotty Riggs' life between the American Males and Raven's Flock. Mm-hmm. It didn't even occur to me that he had a blow-off match with Bagwell. Where, where, where he, he's just the American Male? Yes. Because he's still using the theme, theme song, and he's still wearing the same shit. Dressed like that. Yeah, you could say dress like that. Oh, by the way... I'm looking at fucking Scotty Riggs and, and, and Buff Bagwell, and we've seen these guys in early WCW shows, right, as the American Males. What the fuck did they do to these two? They look like Luger. Both of them. They both look like they have done nothing but steroids for the past year. They're, like, bloated. It's, like, disgusting. It's just the gas. <laughs> Tony X. Ex- Tony explains the absolutely bizarre rules to the three-team main event. It's like war games, but without the cages, and also there's only one ring and it's elimination. But it's elimination by pinfalls, submission, or over-the-top rope, so it's also like the Royal Rumble? (laughs) What the fuck? Also, apparently this is a strap match. Tony explains the rules of a strap match. I can't wait to see how they don't follow them this time. Why why didn't you tell me that these two were going to have a strap match? Why wasn't this hyped up on the past three episodes of Nitromania. <laughs> it was probably on Saturday night. <laughs> uh, Bagwell and Riggs take turns using the strap on each other. My favorite is when Riggs makes Bagwell choke with the strap on his throat. Riggs makes Bagwell punch himself in the dick and then tries to drag him around the ring, but sadly he does not succeed, so the match continues. As per usual, they try to drag their opponent around the ring when it would simply be so much easier to just dump them in the middle of the ring and walk around to each corner. More on that a little bit. But also, um, I would like to mention that this entire time, Dusty is screaming that you <laughs> cannot drag a man when his legs are free because he will just grab the ropes with his legs. You gotta, you gotta tie his legs up, Daddy. You gotta hog tie the man. Bagwell makes Scotty do the clap, so Scotty kicks him in the balls. That Bagwell kind of sells funny. this. Bagwell <laughs> sells this for all of four seconds. Uh, Bagwell tries to pin Riggs. Anderson tells Bagwell the rules of the match, so Bagwell shoves him, and Randerson shoves Bagwell back and screams at him. Awesome. And then, oh yeah, I was gonna say. <sighs> and then Bagwell cowers like he's scared of him. 
I hate this. I hate this spot. Anytime it happens, okay, I hate this spot. Okay, by the way, um, this is the epitome of what you will be getting with Buff Bagwell. A lot of over-the-top... Horseshit? Ca- ...cartoon selling. Mm-hmm. And a lot of... Um, Speaking uh, of which... You know... Speaking of which, Bagwell goes to the second rope, calls for an axe handle, then does a forward flip for no reason. This is Riggs' cue for the comeback, and so he beats the shit out of Bagwell with the strap. Scotty, who drops, who drop kicks Bagwell from the corner to the center of the ring, still tries to hogtie Bagwell with the strap to drag him around. Why are they so stupid, Sal? Why are they so stupid? Bagwell drops, backdrops Riggs over the ropes, and Riggs makes a horrible noise as he bounces off the apron. Finally, it is Bagwell who drops Riggs in the middle of the ring and just walks around to get the win. Very easy, right? <laughs> we had to waste 15 fucking minutes, so you could just done that at the beginning. Now, now remember, I I have not seen any of this before. Right. This is all new to me. And I have been complaining about this in strap matches in the WWF for 30 years at this point. Mm-hmm. And they did this in 1997 in WCW, and they are still trying to do this bullshit drag them around garbage today. Yeah. It, I have a there in my time hop at once a year comes up a tweet where I say you have told us that this is a 16 foot strap or whatever it is. It's a 20 foot ring from corner to corner. If you drop the guy in the middle, you can just walk around. Now, back in the day, Meh. I feel like they used the straps used to be a lot shorter. So you. You did have to drag him around because you couldn't just drop him in the middle of the ring. It wouldn't reach, right? But then they wanted slack so you could whip the guy with it. And they, right. So that that's why they made it longer. And then nobody knew how to fucking book a strap match anymore after that. <laughs> well, I made the joke at the beginning of the, of the match. We've had strap matches on this show before that they have just completely ignored the rules to do the stupid finish. The- where... The guy hits the guy hits three out of four and then goes back to beating up his opponent and then gets like drop kicked into the fourth one and they're like, That's the win and you're like, No, it's fucking not. See, see what I always loved I mean I'm glad that it's over, but it's not that's not a finish. What I always loved was the overdone ridiculous spot of as you're dragging your opponent and you're touching each turnbuckle, so is he. Eddie and JVL. Yeah, okay. and, and Austin and, and fucking Savio Vega. And then at the fourth turnbuckle <laughs> that guy does something and then he wins. Yep. I hate that fucking spot. <laughs> granted, granted, I will say that at different points in this match, Riggs and, and Bagwell beat the shit out of each other. They certainly Especially did. Especially with the strap on when he pulled it into his fucking crotch. That looked like it hurt. Not the one that Bagwell sold for t- two seconds, the one that Riggs got. Yeah. Uh, backstage, the NWO, we're looking at the pictures in Playboy. The promo starts muted, but sadly does not stay that way. They talk about literally nothing, but they do suggest that Kevin Nash likes fat chicks. Also, Macho's smiling a lot. Like, a lot. I got another niche in my bill. That's what my bill's for. <laughs> you know, the big man here is going to take over for you, but I had to explain to him that we're all the same size laying down. Oh, he didn't say that. And now I did, and you know, when the NWO gets done tonight and uncensored... Everybody's going to be laying down. We guarantee victory. Gross. <laughs> Tornado match time as Harlem Heat wait, wait, enter wait, wait, yet wait, again. Wait, 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 You said they talk about Kevin Nash liking fat chicks. I thought they were talking about Kevin Nash um, 
having a bigger dick than all of them. Because he's like, the big man over here, but we're all the same size when we lie down, brother. That's what he said. He said, we are all the same size when we lie down. Which doesn't make any sense. Just saying. I mean, if if you want to think about Kevin Nash's dick, that's your choice. Yet again, Dusty is surprised by Harlem Heat's pyro. Uh, Harlem Heat are taking on Public Enemy, who bring a garbage can and their manager to the ring. The bell rings, and the garbage immediately fills the ring, immediately time, to be time, patented. Time, 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 time. Um, I have to say this. I don't think I've ever spoken on this in a podcast before. I've been a podcaster for a few years now. As an old ECW fan, this might be a little blasphemous, but I don't give a shit. I never, ever once saw any fucking reason for Public Enemy. Ever. Yeah, yeah. With the yeah. stupid fucking Taco Bell jerseys. And, and and all the other fucking garbage oh, fu- with the tables and the trash cans. It's funny. It's funny because Johnny Grunge's number is sixty nine. You get it? They're just yeah. like the Nasty Boys. Only right. only worse. They're actually worse than the Nasty Boys. So I'm a big fan of Harlem Heat. I thought they were great, but God, when I saw those two come out, I was like, oh, these fucking idiots. Sorry, I don't give a shit. I know. No. I know they were big in ECW. I never. Yeah, even in ECW, I would be like fast forward. <laughs> yep. No, you're right. Uh, yeah. So the bell rings. The garbage immediately fills the ring. Immediately to the patented worthless WCW split screen, and then Dusty has a realization. Oh, he's oh, he's got it. Look at that. He's got a lid. No, he's, no, the other guy got a commode lid from the toilet. That's a toilet lid. As this match continues, I begin to realize why these seem to occur on a regular basis. Because Dusty is just having the time of his goddamn life explaining what each weapon is and coming up with some ridiculous joke about it. Dusty is laughing his fucking ass off tonight. Especially during this match. He can't fucking stop. Grunge just clocks Booker in the head with a trash can. And Dusty and Brain just fucking lose it. Yeah, a trash can. Yeah. On it. On it like you feel. Oh, boy. He laid it. Look at him. Oh, boy. He laid his old tired ass out. Look at him. Look at him. Oh, excuse me. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Oh, my goodness. Is hit somebody with something. <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, he's got a neck collar on. <laughs> Did you get to the toilet seat yet? Talk about the toilet seat. The commode, commode lid. He got a commode lid. I played. He got I played the commode lid. What? No, that's a trash can lid. No, right over there. Right over there. It's a, it's a toilet seat. I, I played that clip already. God. Uh, I I can't even recap this match because it is just utter chaos. It's, but Dusty continues to just laugh his ass off, and every time someone gets hit with something, hit him again, hit him again, Daddy, with the trash can. I love that shit. Beat that fucking guy. Hit him with the trash can. Oh my God, Tony, Tony, look, Tony, look. They're gonna hit him with the. They're gonna hit him with a bacon sheet. Where's the cookies? <laughs> he could not stop. He was on. Tony's like, and then Tony feeds into it. He's like. Oh, they got a pizza pan now. And he's like, a pizza pan! I can't die over here! <laughs> Ridiculous. 
Uh, outside the ring, Stevie Ray holds Rocco Rock so Sherry can hit him with a trash can, except Sherry doesn't even try to hit Rocco, and Rocco doesn't even try to move. She just straight up clocks Stevie in the face with the trash can. Facts. And nobody sells it at all. Nope. Stevie just grabs Rocco again so Sherry can slap him. Eventually, we get to a point where no one remembers what the rules are. Finally, we get to the table spot that everyone has wanted since the beginning. Suddenly, Jared and Mongo appear for some reason to cost Public Enemy the match. Booker hits a Harlem hangover on Rocco and pins him for three. Oh! (sighs) They have hit each other with every fucking weapon that I've ever seen even remotely used in a wrestling match, including (laughs) the toilet seat. They have used the table. Come on, Liam! They have used the table. And everybody in this match no-sells every single fucking weapon. And then all of a sudden, Mongo shows up with a Halliburton. Yeah. Clocks Rocco Rock in the back of the head. And that can't, oh my god, that's it. That's the death blow right there. The briefcase is where it's at. Never mind all the fucking trash cans, fucking commode lids, tables. You don't don't know what's in that briefcase. You know what I put for my note? Oh, what the fucking Halliburton. (laughs) (laughs) And why the horsemen? Uh, And why why are fucking Jared and Mongo besties now? Yeah. Anyway. I mean, I was glad because fuck fuck public enemy, but still. (laughs) Yeah. From there, we go back to Mean Gene. He again runs down these stipulations for the main event. WCW gets titles. NWO gets to be on whatever show they want. Piper gets a cage match with Hogan. Question. Uh Why would WCW and Piper fight with each other? Because Piper wants his cage match. Okay. Why not then just team up and eliminate the NWO guys? Uh And then they can fight with each other. Thank you. <laughs> then enter the three remaining members of Team WCW. That capacity crowd sitting out there in the arena right now, very anxious to hear from you, Scott, as to the status of your brother. We saw what happened earlier at the hands of the NWO. Obviously, they wanted him out. Well, you know, Mean Gene, that is the first time I see my brother carried out in an ambulance, and I didn't like it. Scary. But I know my brother, and he'll be back. NWO, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, like I needed enough, any more incentives to want to get in the ring and beat you to a pulp. Roddy Roddy Piper, Four Horsemen, stay out of my face, because I'm on a mission. Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, you're not going to be able to hide behind the politics of Eric Bischoff. And I'm going to kick some butt tonight. Tell him, Lex. I wonder how much stroke uh, Eric Bischoff actually has at this juncture. And before, Lex, I get to you, Giant... You at one time were a member of the NWO. Now, as you look across the ring tonight, I'm very curious what what you're thinking. How do you size it up? I size it up very simply as it's time for a giant to do a little spring cleaning. It's time for me to clean house in WCW. I've gotten to know Rick Steiner very well. He's a hard-headed, hard-bodied, tough individual. A man that can get hit by a Mack truck. And still chew the tires off. A mean four-legged dog. And he went out in ambulance. And believe me, you, you've got Scott Steiner over here. That was his brother, his blood, his best friend. 
You took him out in a cheap fashion like that. I'm telling you one thing right now. We're going to get dizzy from all the suplexing that's going to be going on with this big man right here. And you know when I get in the ring, I'm going to start choke slamming left and right. And then the total package, well, he speaks for himself. He's got the look. He's got the attitude. He's got the brains. It's all over. It's time to do some rocking, some choke slamming, and some suplexing. You know, the fact of the matter is, Lex Luger, that it's going to be just the three of you against, uh, well, I don't know if they're insurmountable odds, but both of the other teams will have four men each on their squads. You know, Gene, to put this whole thing in proper perspective, this is more than just a plain and simple wrestling match. This is about society. This whole anti-establishment trash that is espoused by the New World Order since they've come on the scene. They have trashed, bashed, thrashed each and every one of us in their own way. They have no respect for authority, for society as a whole, and all the youngsters out there who watch our great sport, all the past champions from the National Wrestling Alliance, all the way to the present World Championship Wrestling. There's a lot of tradition, a lot of honor, a lot of injuries, a lot of titles have been defended with honor. They have no honor. So we come together tonight with everything on the line. Adversity has brought us three together. The Giant, myself, and Scott Steiner. Rick Steiner is there in spirit. Adversity brings us together. It makes us stronger. It makes the bond all that much greater. And Gene, I have never been more prepared. I know the Giant and Scotty Steiner have never been more prepared for a wrestling match ever in our careers. We can talk all about it here for as long as we want, but the words are done. It's time for action, and action's what's going to happen. I thank you very much, Lex Luger, Scott Steiner, the Giant. These three men are going to be going into combat here tonight in this highly unusual triangle match against uh, two other four-man teams. Good to know the Giant still whispers. Let me tell you something. I've been at WCW for just under a year. And I've been riding with these guys because I was once in the NWO, but I decided I didn't like it. And I'm like, you big fucking goofball. You're the fucking giant. Like, what is wrong with you? You should be, like, killing everybody. And instead you get kicked out of the NWO because you're a goof. Good to know Lex Luger still sucks at promos. No, 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 He was much better here. It's kind of sad when Scott Steiner is the best promo in the group. Scott, no? Scotty Steiner is a great promo. I don't know what you're fucking talking about. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm giving him an egg. I, I'm entertained by Scotty Steiner promos all the time. <laughs> um, but although he was, you know. Hey, Scotty, I got to tell you, it must have been hard to see your brother like that. It must have been really scary. Well, Gene, I don't really care. My brother's a tough guy. He'll be back. I'm fine with that. But it's NWO. I'm going to kill them. I'm going to kill them, Gene. <laughs> I like how Gene tries to make it personal, Scott. He's just like, I don't care. I just want to go out there and suplex people. <laughs> I'm not worried about my brother. He's been brain damaged since he was three. Facts. No, I thought Luca's promo was good. You didn't like Luca's promo? He was, okay, well, he's not like... He's never going to like... He can say whatever it is that he's going to say. His delivery is so annoyingly stupid. I just... For once, I thought his delivery came off as, like, calm and focused. 
Or maybe that's just wooden luger. <laughs> no. Gene, every, I'm going to tell you something promos, right now. His promos sound the same every time. He has no change in his delivery ever. It's... WCW! Anyway. Back to the arena. It is world television title time. Rey Mysterio trying to take the title from Prince Iakea. Mike Tanay returns to the booth for this match. For some reason, Mysterio's gear is Spider-Man themed. Spider-Man. You've seen that Spider-Man too? Back and forth. Quick start until Iakea catches Rey with a Samoan drop. He tries for a springboard, but Mysterio gets the knees up. Mysterio gets whipped and flips himself to the apron. He drops Iakea's throat across the top rope, then hits him with a molly go round for two. Iakea tries a razor's edge, but Mysterio turns it into a hurricane rana for two. Prince gets head scissored to the floor, then Mysterio dives with another somersault senton. Iakea hits a big power bomb, then we head back to the floor where Iakea hits a big springboard crossbody. Iakea tries a back suplex on the floor, but Mysterio blocks it, so Iakea gives Mysterio a light push, which sends him careening into the guardrail ten feet away. Back in the ring, Ray hits a split-legged moonsault. Pay attention. For two, then a bulldog gets a two. Ray with a head scissors. Then a lion salt gets a two count. Ray powerbombs Iakea off the top rope for a two count off the ropes with a decent drop kick. Ray goes up top for a senton, but Iakea rolls out of the way. Northern Lights suplex by the champion gets a two count, and the crowd begins to chant, boring. Aww. Oof. You know what? They, they forced their hand too much tonight. They shouldn't have done three cruiserweight matches. It's just by the third one, they were like, come on, we've seen everything. You know why they're bored? Because they ain't no commode lids in this one. <laughs> uh, Leapfrog gets caught into a powerbomb for two, then Ikea goes for a springboard something. Ray leaps with something to counter it, and both men are down. Great stuff. Ikea then headbutts Mysterio right in the deck. Off the ropes, they both try for a drop kick and end up low-blowing each other. We get a series of roll-ups and near-falls. How is this match this goddamn dull? Then the bell rings, and we get a time limit draw. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Mysterio goes for the cover, and Ayakea kicks out. And we, we all see that. And and Mark Curtis, or whoever the fuck the ref was at this point, doesn't even glance at the cornerman. And the bell rings. And Tony and Mike Tanay are like, <laughs> oh, did he, did he, I think he got him. It must have, must have been three. And then Dusty, Dusty Rhodes, the voice of reason, imagine that one. <laughs> like, oh, guys, I got to tell you, I think, I'm pretty sure that I think the time is done on this one. Yeah. You fucking Sal, idiots. <laughs> Sal, do you remember the announced time limit for this match? Um, I, I thought it was longer than 15. It was 15 minutes. Okay. It was a 15-minute time limit match. Okay. So they have this funny thing on the WWE Network where it tells you exactly how far into the show you are yeah. in hours and minutes and seconds. So, hi, Moose. This match began at one hour. The, the first bell rang at one hour, 55 minutes, and 17 seconds. The second bell rang at two hours, seven minutes, 13 seconds. That is just under 12 minutes. <laughs> Oops. In this 15-minute match. Yeah, but it's wrestling it's not, time it's, limit. It's, it's like the it's, Royal Rumble. You're not actually looking for a minute and a half. You just, you know. It's not as egregious as the time limit draw that I think was Regal and Mysterio. It may have been Regal and IK, but I believe it was Regal and Mysterio on Nitro. That was a 10-minute TV title match that went six. But still. Fuck's sake. Again, wrestling anyway. time runs different, man. 
Not in AEW. They put the clocks on the big walls. See, they know they're not fucking around. Uh, whatever. Rey Mysterio takes the microphone and demands more time, and IAK gives it to him. The crowd cheers this despite them being completely dead during the match and chanting boring at one point. Bobby brings up a good point. How much more time are we getting? Are we getting five minutes? Are we getting ten minutes? Are we getting twenty? And nobody answers him. No. Nobody cares. Uh, the bell rings. Again, Ray offers his hand. Ikea shakes it and then gets his chest chopped off. Back and forth, Ikea gets hip-tossed, then kicked in the back of the head. Ray with a big springboard leg drop, and that gets a two-count. Mysterio takes Ikea off the top of the head scissors, then he calls for a Hurricane Rana. He hits the springboard, but Ikea rolls it through and pins Mysterio for three to barely retain his title. <laughs> Ray Mysterio kind of looks like a chump here. <laughs> you the think? one that wanted five more minutes, and he got his fucking ass pinned. Also, what... Okay. I didn't think this was possible. I started watching this show, and I said, that's the man right there, Eddie Guerrero, that's the guy with the worst haircut in the business <laughs> in 1997. <laughs> and then, this match happened, and I went, ooh, but Prince Iakea. <laughs> see, see, you say that, but we're still Pineapple Head Rocky Maivia at this point. Oh. Ugh. Thank you. <laughs> still, there we are. From, still Prince Ike is here. <laughs> it's pretty bad. From there, we get an ad for Spring Stampede on April 6th, and then we scan the crowd forever, and then Tony throws it to Michael fucking Buffer. Now, we've talked about this in the past. You and I have talked about this. I've talked about this on other episodes of this show. Yes, cat. hi. Go away. But... So they give Michael Buffer cards to read from because obviously he doesn't actually give a shit about the show he's on. He just wants to read his, what they tell him to read and get the fuck, get his money and get the fuck out of there. I don't know what they made these cards from, but it looks like they cut up a poster and wrote his notes on them. Probably. Also, anyway, I fucking hate Buffer. I hate Buffer. <laughs> honest to God, the guy had a little bit of a presence in Gravitas in a boxing fight in Vegas when it was time for the main event and, and you had, like, Tyson and Holyfield and you knew somebody was going to get their ear bitten off or somebody was going to fall down from the fucking ceiling with a goddamn parachute. Like, that shit worked when, when you use Buffer for that. But in WCW, I could not stand anybody less than fucking hmm. Michael Buffer because he has the look on his face like, pay me and I want to leave. To that end, Buffer reads his notes like a robot. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to WCW Uncensored 1997. And welcome to Charleston, South Carolina. Tonight, we're about to witness an event like no other in the history of professional wrestling. And when it is over, quite possibly, it will change the future of professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, three-team challenge match, last man standing, his team wins! There will be four rounds and three teams. Round one, five minutes, one member from each team. Round two, two minutes. One more from each team enters the ring. Round three, two minutes. One more from each team enters the ring. Fourth, 
and final round. No time limit. Last man from each team enters the ring. The match continues with the last man standing. Elimination. Elimination by pinfall, knockout, submission, and over-the-top rope to the floor. Stipulations on victory. Team WCW, if victorious, New World Order will return all WCW title belts. Also, New World Order will not be allowed to wrestle at WCW events for three years. Team NWO, if victorious, the New World Order may wrestle for any WCW title, anytime, any place around the world. Team Piper, Team Piper, if victorious, the man known as Hollywood Hulk Hogan must, I repeat, must face Rowdy Roddy Piper man to man in a cage. Well, the fans want to see that one. Listen oh, to I do. This match for the very soul of the WCW. <laughs> see that what the quote that I wrote down was stipulations for victory. Fuck's sake, they've now given Buffer Pyro. Why does Buffer need Pyro? Fuck off. Dude, I'm telling you, David Penzer and Gary Michael Capetta should have shit-canned this guy. <laughs> should have just got him in the back and just fucking laid him out. Beat the shit out. So first out is Benoit for Team Piper. First out for the NWO is Scott Hall. And for Team WCW, the Giant, who is still green when he comes out. That's just weird to me. Uh, not talking about his talent, talking about the lighting. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Benoit and Hall just start fighting as Giant slowly makes his way down the aisle. Hall hits a follow-away slam, then an awkward clothesline spot puts them both down. Tony finally realizes that WCW and Piper should work together, but then Giant just clotheslines them both. Giant knocks their noggins, then a big chop to Hall in the corner, and one for Benoit in the other corner. Benoit with some chops of his own, and then Giant beals them across the ring. Giant clotheslines Hall's head off in the corner and then goes back to Benoit. Hall tries to go after the Giant, but it gets thrown around. It continues like this for a while. Giant chokeslams Benoit with a minute on the clock and goes to pin him, but Scott Hall breaks up the pin. Commentary agrees that this is stupid. <laughs> Giant charges at Hall in the corner. Hall moves. Giant hits the floor and is eliminated over the top rope. Okay, so it is good to see that everybody who wants to, for the past 20 years... Blame Vince McMahon for how he treated Paul White. Oh, they booked him like an idiot. They booked him like a moron. Oh, they did him dirty. Really? Because that's all. All Vince did was exactly what, he, what they were doing in WCW. Are you kidding me? I saw this. The Giant enters the ring with Benoit and Scott Hall, and I'm thinking, oh shit, Scott Hall's fucked. Nope. Nope. That big dumb idiot got himself eliminated first. I was shocked. I was like, "Are you kidding me? You're the giant!" Yep. Do you think Andre? I mean, I mean, Scott Hall eliminated first in a battle royal. I mean, Scott Hall is also an idiot for breaking up that pin. True, but still dumb. Out come the next three: Jarrett, Macho Man, and Luger. Couldn't WCW have just not sent someone out for one of the rounds? Like 
use the empty space like in the first round to save someone for the very end. Right. Luger gorilla presses Jarrett, almost doesn't gorilla press Macho. Jarrett blocks an outsider's edge, and here comes Mongo, Nash, and Steiner. Steiner goes nuts, taking out Benoit, going after Hall. He butterfly suplexes Hall while Nash literally just watches, and then Nash decides to go after Steiner. Nash dumps Jarrett over the top rope as the clock counts down for the last entrance. Hall backdrops Mongo over and out, and there are two left on Piper's team. The NWO remains at full strength. Enter Piper as Steiner gets eliminated. Then the clock counts down again for some reason, but disappears as Hogan comes out with Dennis Rodman. What the, what the fuck? Well, did they get separate entrances? I don't get it. Yeah. Piper chokes Macho with a chain, and they head to the floor, but not over the top. Hogan doesn't get in the ring. He just kind of wanders around. He finally slides in, and the crowd loudly starts chanting, We want Sting. Hogan dumps Piper to the floor, but not uh, but through the ropes, not over them. Then Piper drags Hogan out under the ropes, and they begin to brawl. Macho Man nearly takes out an elderly cameraman to save his partner. No one new has been eliminated. All four members of the NWO are still in. Piper because and Benoit are in. The giant is stupid. And, and, Lex, and Lex Luger. Uh, as I write that, however, Rodman low bridges Piper, and he gets eliminated. It is now four on one on one. Oh, wait. Um, one thing I, w- I would like to bring up. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also pretty disappointed of how ineffective the horsemen were. Yeah. I mean, they worked well together, and Mongo and Jared didn't kill each other because they're besties now, but they didn't do anything horseman-y. They, they just kind of got eliminated. Yep. Except for one guy, and that was Chris Benoit. <laughs> Hogan and Macho continue to brawl with Piper on the outside. Inside the ring, Hall can't get Benoit up for an outsider's edge, so Nash has to help him. Hall and Nash then toss Benoit, and Team Piper is gone. So much for that cage match, which is probably the stipulation that everyone was most looking forward to. Which is the one that I thought actually happened. And I when I when I saw Piper got eliminated, I went, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> mm-hmm. They bring Rodman onto the apron, and a ringside cameraman literally starts yelling at them to try and get them to move around so he can get a better picture. Uh, Luger fires up out of nowhere. He racks the Macho Man to eliminate him. He tosses Nash to eliminate him. He racks Hall to eliminate him. And in the span of maybe 90 seconds, we're down to Hogan and Luger. Who knew? Luger could have done Luger didn't need partners. He could have done it all by himself. The fuck. Uh, Nash takes Randerson, so Randerson doesn't see Hogan in the rack. Macho sprays Luger in the eyes with spray paint, though why they needed to take the referee for that, I don't know, since there's there obviously aren't any disqualifications. Also, and why Hogan, couldn't Rodman do it? And Hogan pins Luger for three. So wait, let me get this straight. They have to conceal the spray paint can. Yep. Because they don't want to be disqualified in a night that has no disqualifications. Yep. And then instead of Rodman using it, he... Hands it on the DL to Savage, who comes in and does not spray anybody in the eyes. He hits Luger in the head with the can, but Tony Schiavone tells us, he sprayed him in the eyes! Not what he did. (laughs) Uh, They probably didn't trust Rodman not to huff the paint. Probably. Um, Also, all of that, and Luger gets eliminated anyway. What a fucking loser. Mm -hmm. Lex Loser. So Rodman then spray paints the NWO on Luger's back. Then he flails at him madly in an attempt to slap him around. There is a loud explosion as Heenan points out that the NWO would have lost without Rodman. Sting then drops from the rafters and beats the shit out of the NWO with his bat. 
Hall, Nash, and Macho eat death drops. Hogan and Rodman do not enter the ring. Sting points his bat at Hogan, who demands he put the bat down, so he does. Hogan goes one way, Rodman goes the other. Hogan gets on the apron and threatens to break Sting in half. Sting turns his back for half a second. Hogan gets in the ring. He gets beaten up, gets death dropped, and we have to go to the credits. All right, what do you think of the main event? The main event. And the, the, and the aftermath. The main event was a whole... It was typical of any type of WCW main event I've seen on a pay-per-view. Very, very confusing. <laughs> I didn't know who was coming out when. I didn't know why... You know, okay, we're going to get four entrances. The first group of guys, the second, the third, and then Piper and Hogan. Except for, nope, Piper and Hogan are going to come out with two different entrances. We're going to do two separate countdown clocks. What? Okay. And then Rodman was there, even though I don't really know why. And then Luger is by himself and beats the shit out of all of them and eliminates Savage, Hall, and Nash in 30 seconds. Like, the 60 seconds of the 90 you mentioned was with Hogan. He actually eliminated the other three members in 30 seconds. Yeah, well, pretty much. Well, fuck, if you could do that, <laughs> why didn't you do that earlier? Pretty so much. then they beat up Luger. They start to leave the ring, and Sting comes down. Now, literally, a couple of things I want to mention, because this is, this is May of 19... I'm sorry, this is March of 1997. Yep. Sting drops down, and did you see what he did? He had something clipped on him that he just <laughs> took and, and, and tossed away. Yeah. But here's the thing. That's the kind of entrance that Vince wanted for Owen at Over the Edge. He wanted that type of mechanism, and, and we would see Sting use it again the next night on Nitro. I don't know why Vince couldn't get that type of mechanism, if you believe the dark side of the ring and everything like that, the guy who said he could do it lied and actually didn't know what he was doing. But I can understand looking at this now where Vince got the idea from. Because Sting literally just unclipped and he was ready to fight with a baseball bat. But here's the other thing. I loved this mm -hmm. because everybody in the crowd went nuts. Yeah. And Sting beat the shit out of everybody with the baseball bat. He gave, I think it was Savage, the best death, Scorpion death draw. It was Savage or Hall. Um, it was whoever, whoever he gave the first death drop to because the other three looked like shit. But I loved how over this whole thing was. The crowd was going nuts. Six months in the making. And here's my issue. You tried to stretch this out too long. Because <laughs> if I'm watching this in March of 1997, how the fuck do you take that momentum and keep it at that level and move it to December? It's not mm -hmm. fucking possible. <laughs> they should have had yeah. the Sting-Hogan match at the, at the Bash at the Beach one year after Hogan turned on, on WCW. It would have been a better story. Mm-hmm. Because mm -hmm. you saw that crowd. They went ballistic. Oh, fuck yeah. What'd you think of that? Now, to, to your point about, about the Owen thing, uh, the thing that I'd always heard is that they couldn't do the Sting release because the, the, what was supposedly was supposed to happen is he was supposed to come down and be like a couple of feet above the ring and then unceremoniously fall. going to flop into the ring 
as a joke because he's a piece of shit superhero, fake superhero. And that was supposed to be, ha, 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 the Blue Blazer's a piece of shit. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, so as uh, that was uh, that was okay. As, as a whole, uh, not that great. Uh, Malenko and Guerrero was good, uh, but I think it all went downhill from there. Um, okay, um, so, well, first, your thoughts on, on, on Sting. Did you enjoy that part of it? when he came out and beat the shit out of the NWO. Yeah. Um, here's here's what I wrote. I wrote, the main event was different. I didn't hate it. Uh, I was entertained by it. But honestly, the stipulation that everyone wanted was the cage match. And you make that team the first one eliminated. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I understand, I understand why you end with Luger because you have to end with Luger to get to Sting. Uh, and you have to have the NWO win to get to Sting. But, like, yay, now the NWO can do whatever they want when they've pretty much already been doing that anyway. Um, yeah, that's, but yeah, the sting, the sting thing was huge. And I wrote, I, I have more on this at the, at, at the end of Nitro. We'll talk, we'll, I can, we'll talk a little bit more about it there once, once we talk about what happened on Nitro. But, uh, overall, I'd say the pay-per-view was okay. Um, so as bizarre, as bizarre as the rules for the main event were, I feel like the, the match itself was fairly entertaining. Uh, it, it certainly kept up a, a good, a decent pace. It didn't, it didn't really get boring at any point. There were some nonsensical points to it, but of course there were. Um, but overall, I think, uh, I think it was all right. So it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be because it's an uncensored. So I was getting ready for some really bad. <laughs> um, I really like Malenko and Eddie. I like Psychosis and, and Ultimo Dragon. Um, I didn't give a shit about Harlem Heat versus the Public Enemy, but. It was it was must see television. You couldn't take your fucking eyes or ears off of it because of Dusty and because of Sherry, and because every five seconds they pulled something else out that you were like, "Where the fuck did they get that?" Um. So overall, I I thought the pay per view was better than expected, but the main event was just so fucking convoluted and <laughs> overbooked. And like you said, I went into this thinking, "Yeah, Piper's team wins. That's the only logical thing that makes sense." But instead, the NWO wins, and it's like they can challenge for the titles whenever they want. They have already been doing that. Yeah. Eric Bischoff's been in their pocket. He's been making matches. But but he's suspended now. But not really. <laughs> what would you give it out of 10? Six. Yeah, has a 5.74 out of 10 on cage match, so. I give it Decent. a six. Uh, elsewhere in the world on March 16th, 1997, it was the 246th birthday of President James Madison, the 71st birthday of Jerry Lewis, the 48th birthday of Eric Estrada, uh, the 38th birthday of Flav of Flav, the 33rd birthday of a fellow named Mark Canterbury, the 32nd birthday of Steve Armstrong, the 11th birthday of Kenny Dykstra, and the 7th birthday of Jordan Devlin. Mark Canterbury? Isn't that uh, Henry Godwin? That sure is, my friend. Did you say the seventh birthday of Jordan Devlin? <laughs> seventh birthday of Jordan Devlin. Uh, anything else on Uncensored before we move on? It was three sixteen. Did anything? Did they do anything what? in WWE? Well, it was a Sunday, so. So did no. they do a Sunday Night Heat, or was that not a thing yet? That doesn't that doesn't exist yet. Maybe a house show, and Austin did some crazy shit because it was three sixteen. What? All right, let's move on to Monday Nitro. Hey, it's Kaylee. 
Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We are live from the Civic Center in Savannah, Georgia, on this St. Patrick's Day, Monday, March 17th, 1997. We have been here once before, last October, for episode 56, which you may remember for being the debut of Jeff Jarrett and the NWO Monster Truck. So, we open the sh- um, did you know that Savannah has the second largest St. Patrick's Day celebration in the <laughs> country? We'll get there. Uh, have that in a moment. Uh, we open the show in the middle of a replay of the end of last night's show. Luger gets spray painted, and then we suddenly cut to the entrance for Pyro and Tony screaming. Weird. Uh, the location nameplate is green. You get it? St. Patrick's Day? <laughs> Tony reminds us of what they just showed us a replay of when we open with Psychosis. He yells at Dean Malenko as he comes out because he wants a title shot, apparently. Psychosis is taking on Rey Mysterio. Tony calls this the second largest St. Patrick's Day celebration outside of New York City. Right, Tony. Sure. They find the one kid in the crowd who is dressed for the holiday, and Tony uses this to support his argument. (laughs) The bell rings. Mysterio takes the waist and refuses to give it up. A quick crucifix gets a two. Then Psychosis gets a front headlock into the ropes for a quick sunset flip by Rey, and that's a two already. Backstage, Sonny Ono and Ultimate Dragon are providing Japanese commentary. Sonny is wearing what appears to be an incredibly lazily designed commemorative t-shirt for the show. Dragon sits with his hand over his face because he's not wearing his mask. There is Spanish commentary as well. More quick back and forth from the luchadors. Psychosis gets head scissored to the floor, then Ray runs off the apron with a hurricane rana. Outside, he kicks Psychosis in the head twice, then throws him back into the ring. Psychosis drives Mysterio hard into the buckles, gut first, and leaves him on the top. He tries to follow, but Ray avoids it, and Psychosis hits the ring post and the floor. Somersault Senton outside the ring, and then he absolutely spikes Psychosis in the ring with a springboard Hurricane Rana and pins him for three. You can see Ray checking on Psychosis as Randerson tries to raise his hand, and we go to re- go to replays. I'm very familiar with Ray Mysterio doing the springboard Hurricane Rana. In fact. I was actually very disappointed when he showed up in the WWE not doing that as his finisher. Yeah. But my question to you is, whose fault was that? Because I feel like Psychosis should have thrown himself so that he would land on, like, so that he would take a flat back off of that. Yeah, and I, I don't know. And, and, and when that move happened... Larry's like, I dropped him right on his head! And I'm like, (laughs) yep, psychosis is dead. Get somebody, get the chalk. (laughs) Oh, good God, he's dead. He looked dead. (laughs) Uh, That marks Mysterio's 15th win on Nitro. I thought you could say that marks Mysterio's 15th time that he killed a guy. (laughs) To Gene, we go in the aisle with Arn Anderson. Anderson is sad. And alone. Arn Anderson, usually you'd be out here with your colleagues, the rest of the four horsemen, but uh, that's not the case tonight. 
I, I don't think some of these people realize what's been going on in your life over the last 90 days. I happen to know you have been injured. I think the time is right for you. I don't know if there is a right time, but I think you must share this information with us at this hour. Well, before we go down one syllable, let me just say that last night was a very historic night in WCW history because last night was the night that Sting came home. Indeed he did. And uh, you and I, along with many others, happy to see that. I, for one, am real glad to see it. Now, that being said, yeah, my health has been bad. Gene, back around Halloween Havoc, I suffered a real bad neck injury. The fifth, sixth, and seventh vertebrae in my neck are going to have to go in, be taken out and fused. It's causing paralysis in my left hand. I've tried and tried and tried to put this thing off, but there's a reason I've been putting it off. About ten years ago, the woman that raised me was laying on the couch right there in Charlotte in my home, dying with cancer. And I said, why, Granny, are you putting yourself through all this pain? Why are you hanging on? She said, son... I asked the good Lord to wait long enough till I saw you as a mature, responsible adult and could be the head of your family, and I see that you are. Now I can go in peace. And she did. She laid down that night. I never talked to her again. Well, the horseman is my extended family, and I've been hanging on with all this disarray the horsemen have been going through until I could see that they could hold themselves together. And last night, along with Roddy Piper to a degree... They did work like a well-old machine. So the horsemen are alive and well. With Flair coming back, everything with the horsemen's fine. But there's one other bridge that I want to cross. You see, when you lay down on an operating table, you don't know if you're going to wake up or what you're going to be when you wake up. Last Saturday night, I saw Ben Sullivan, Kevin Sullivan's kid who I've known since he was three years old, go out and basically tell his father that in his eyes Kevin was dead well Kevin no parent should ever have to bury a child it looks like the child buried you but the fact is you're both just as dead to each other so about nine months ago Kevin when I kicked you in the ribs in Baltimore if I would have ever dreamed that you would have had to endure what you've had to endure personally maybe I would have went about it another way the fact is, I want, when I wake up after that operation, I want our slate clean. Now, this is not a sob story. I'm a horseman, and all great athletes go through trials and tribulations, and the great ones come back for it. So the fact of the matter is, I'm telling you and I'm telling the world, you had not seen the last of Arn Anderson, I will be back. Ladies and gentlemen, one of a kind. Of course, he is one of the premier athletes in this great sport, Arn Anderson, one of the four horsemen. So everybody, sure, like, Arn. Arn Anderson retired in 1997 um, at the at the in the fall of 97. Really, because he hasn't wrestled since the fall of 96. Yeah, sure, Arn. Make us feel like shit because of your dead granny. Thanks. That too. Also, what the fuck with talking about Kevin Sullivan's kid? Was that a thing on Saturday night or something? I was going to ask you that. He's like, you know, Saturday night, Kevin Sullivan. I saw your own son just denounce you as his father and then you obviously denounce him as your child it's just a bunch of bunch of people denouncing each other you know he's not your son anymore and i'm like did kevin sullivan's son like attack kevin sullivan and like like leave him laying and go like you're not my father like 
what exactly are they talking about? Because <laughs> I had no fucking reference point. And it's not like you've got a video. Yeah. And then I'm like, why is Anderson trying to make peace with Kevin Sullivan? Because he feels bad for him because Sullivan's pathetic? <laughs> I didn't understand this at all. Because he might be permanently crippled after the surgery? Might be. Oops. When we come ba- when we come back from break, the crowd hoots and hollers at us while Tony talks about Macho Man and uh, I wrote Macho Man and Randy Savage. Macho Man and DDP, and then sends us two photos of Macho removing DDP's balls last night. Mm-hmm. Then, then here comes Max. Well, he's about to get his ass kicked. Uh, Max that is makes a big sense. Boy. Ma- Max is facing DDP now. As I recall, DDP and Max, or Max Power, as he was known then, which still uh, is a fucking Max Simpsons Power. reference to me. That's where I've seen this guy before. We're partners back towards the beginning of this show, or at least bodyguard and client. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Whatever happened to him? Back to, Max. The po- back to the power plant, more training. DDP gets a hammerlock, but Max elbows him in the head and hits a big clothesline and takes control. DDP comes off the top with an awkward body splash. Max tries for a full Nelson, but DDP hits a diamond cutter and pins him for three. That marks DDP's 20th victory on Nitro. This is Max's second and final match. Oh. Over the next couple of months, he'll appear on Saturday night and worldwide a few times and have a dark match on Nitro, but this is the last time we'll see him. Sad. I know. What did he do later on in life? Did he go on to be like intruder number five or something? I don't think I don't know. <laughs> Spirit Squad member? Just, I think he's just done. Aww. Uh, he's already he's already in the dumpster. Who gives a shit? <laughs> uh, we go to replays, and I'm going to assume Mean Gene will be in the ring once they're over. And oh my God, we go to Mean Gene Oakland, but not in the ring. He's in the entrance. Uh, he reminds us of what happened last night. Tony, I thank you very much. Yes, uh, there was a certain degree, I'd have to say, of humiliation suffered by both Diamond Dallas Page and his lovely wife, Kimberly, not only on the part of the Macho Man, Randy Savage, but on the part of Elizabeth. She was a huge disappointment to me. What they did at Uncensored last night is absolutely unthinkable. They tagged your wife, they dropped you, and then, of course, as you know, they spray-painted Kimberly... And here's a man that doesn't even acknowledge that you exist. He doesn't even know your name, Dallas Page. Oakland, after what Savage and that bimbo Liz did to my wife. That, yeah, that's Kimberly is your wife, for the record. That's the real world. Savage, you want to step into the real world? You want to snap into the real world? No problem. Because the way I see it, Randy, you were born to be a chalk outline. Ooh, yeah. That's right, Savage. You are a dead man walking. Well, I don't know. That might be a little, little strong. I know your feelings very well, Diamond Dallas Page. Thanks, Gene. We obviously needed clarification that Kimberly is Dallas's wife. That's your also, wife, by the way. Also, way to immediately undercut the promo. Then we hear Macho, but we can't find him. Turns out he's up in a vomitorium. What you need to do is you need to take the bass out of your voice when you're talking about the Macho Man Randy Savage. Because I am a superstar. I am an icon. And you are the wrestler with no name. Now, I did your wife a favor. She's quite happy 
with the Macho Man guarantee. It's going to make life a lot easier for you. Now, if you want a match, sanctioned, non-sanctioned, with the Macho Man, that could happen. Elizabeth, what do you think? Should I give him a match right now? You want to do it? Huh? Oh my. Let's do it right now. Calm down. You heard that. Calm down. Or should I give him a match later? Like I said now. Go to the bombs. <laughs> Go to the bombs. DDP then climbs the railings to chase after Savage, who runs away. Thank you, Dallas, for not letting Elizabeth say anything. Dude, Savage was up in the fucking concourse area, and DDP <laughs> got to him in like four seconds. Yeah. When we come back from break, it's the entrance of Hugh Morris and Conan, as Tony talks about how excited he was when Sting turned on the NWO. I don't want to talk but about done? Hugh Morris and Conan. I want to talk about DDP and Savage. Dude, I'm telling you, okay. you don't believe this, but this is going to be one of your best things that you watch in your timeline is DDP and Savage. Oh, I'm sure. I don't I don't doubt you. Um and I, also I, I don't I didn't I don't think this is a bad story. I just think the thing last night was fucking creepy. It was creepy. Um wait a minute. Hugh Morris and who was it? Conan? Yeah, Conan. Yeah. Why is the Dungeon of Doom still a thing? You know they know. they formed to fight Hulk Hogan, right? And now they're fighting like Jim Powers and stuff. Or Renegade? Yeah. I think it was no. Renegade. Joe Gomez and Renegade. Is Joe Gomez like Renegade 2? Electric Boogaloo? <laughs> uh, I believe he might be a young upstart. I'm not sure. Sure. Uh, as, as I wrote, the Dungeon members are taking on Joe Gomez and Renegade here tonight, so this should suck ass. Before the match can begin, Eric Bischoff appears in the entrance with the Outsiders, and they head to commentary. Tony wants to leave. Larry tells him not to be a pussy. Eric just wants to tell us that the Outsiders will wrestle tonight. I still don't understand why they never fixed the side plate on that tag title. Anyway, the bell rings, and Morris just beats the piss out of Joe Gomez. Joe charges at Morris in the corner, and Morris moves, causing Gomez to go knee first into the top buckle in the dungeon. Just focus in on that injury. They tag in and out, they double team, they just work over that right knee. Tony starts talking about the grand return of Spring Stampede, the first Spring Stampede since 1994. He says they already have two matches to talk about, and they'll cover those later on tonight. Morris whips Gomez into the ropes, somehow he's able to run still, and clotheslines his head off. Conan tags in and locks a half Boston on the bad leg. Tony asks us to order the replay of Uncensored tomorrow night, even though they've really already gone over the important results. Morris misses an elbow drop, and finally Joe Gomez is able to tag Renegade, who goes crazy. Renegade then tags Gomez back in because he is a fucking idiot. Morris hits the moonsault and pins Gomez for three. What a dunce. Jesus Christ. <sighs> Morris hollers into the ringside camera as the out, uh, at the Outsiders, and they continue to make excuses for Renegade as Joe Gomez asks him, What the fuck, dude? In the ring, to replays, and then to commercial. What'd you think? I, Pretty much. Enter Scotty Riggs when we return. He'll be trying to take the United States title off of Dean Malenko. Can't wait to see how Buff Bagwell costs Riggs the title tonight. In the split screen, we get three screen grabs from last night's strap match, which does raise an interesting question. Mm -hmm. Scotty Riggs lost last night, so why the hell would he get a U.S. title match? <laughs> I don't... Like... 
as much as uh, things that are wrong with the current WWE product, if there's an Intercontinental title match on the show, they tell you that at the beginning <laughs> of the show, in the middle of the show, and then right up into the match. Dean Malenko comes out, and then the bell rings, and they're like, <clears throat> Dean Malenko wins the United States Championship last night. Never once do they actually say this is Scotty Riggs' chance at the United States title. And then they just very, very quickly mention it at the very end of the match. Like, oh, Malenko retains. Yeah. That's, That's that how is you a promote thing. a United States title match. That is a thing that has happened on Nitro so many fucking times. It'll be that if, if there's a champion fighting at this point, I just assume it's a title match uh, because they never say that it is until the end when they say, hey, yeah, Dean Malenko retains his title here tonight. I'm like, oh, okay. So if it's not a title change, we can assume that it's just a glorified squash match, right? Much. Like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> So Mickey J rings the bell while we're still looking at photos of the U.S. title match from last night. Riggs hits a drop kick and a scoop slam and gets a quick two count off the ropes. And Malenko hits a swinging neck breaker, then a basement drop kick and a baseball slide, and we go to the floor. He drops Riggs' chest across the guardrail and then waits for Riggs to get back into the ring. We go back and forth with some near falls, then a big backdrop by Riggs and another drop kick and then another two count. Malenko drops Riggs' throat first across the top rope, and then victory rolls him for three to retain his title. Dean Malenko tells Six he wants the Cruiserweight belt back, and we go to replays. Yeah. That was an interesting handheld camera promo. <laughs> Dean goes to the corner cam, and he's like, I got this belt on my shoulder. This one's looking kind of lonely. Six, I'm talking to you. You know what I mean. And I'm like, what? You're the <laughs> fucking United States champion. This was this was a belt held by Luger. Flair, Dusty, like, and you're worried about the Cruiserweight title? What the fuck is wrong with this picture? <laughs> this Saturday night, the Steiner brothers, Dean Malenko, Kevin Sullivan, and Jacqueline, Lex Luger, the Giant, and more. <clears throat> we see two nobodies in the ring as Lex Luger and the Giant enter. For some reason, their nameplate says World Tag Team Champions, which they are not and never have been. Tony tells me that these two dudes are T. Ranchula, who is the taller bearded dude in the spiderweb tights, and Knuckles Nelson, who I did not immediately recognize because 23 years ago he had hair. Nelson is a New England guy who wrestled all over the place in the latter half of the 90s and held multiple titles around the New England area. He retired before I started in wrestling, but he did come in for one APW show recently when Jim Sargent retired. So I have met Knuckles Nelson. I've heard uh, this is on. Uh, this is, unsurprisingly, the only appearance by either of these men on this show. Ranchula makes a few appearances on Saturday night as well. Knuckles does not wrestle in WCW again. Anyway, Giant starts with Mr. Ranchula and drives him across into the corner for a huge chop to the chest, across for a clothesline in the other corner, then he tosses Ranchula to his corner to tag in. Knuckles eats a boot to the gut and a hammer fist to the back, then a headbutt from the Giant into the corner so he can get a chop to the chest, then he tosses him across the ring. They talk about how the NWO are avoiding actual competition, and I include this sound clip only for the weird way Larry pronounces the word terror. The Outsiders and Bischoff came out here earlier saying, hey, they'll take on anybody, but they certainly are not running to the ring to face Luger and the Giant here now, are they? Now is, did you notice that? Isn't that amazing how Six leaves the building when Malenko comes to back? How Macho Man runs in terror when Diamond Dallas Page comes out? And hold it! really good at shooting off their mouths, but when the 
Tarantula tries to help his partner, and they both get clotheslined down. Giant wants a clothesline. Giant gets a clothesline. Then he almost clotheslines Rantula, but he brings in Luger instead. Giant pins Nelson with Luger and Rantula both in the ring. Luger racks Rantula for all of two seconds, and that's the match. Luger literally did nothing. Okay, as much as I think that the crowd is getting behind Luger at this point, the one thing I've always hated about Luger in WCW is he gets a guy up for the rack, bell rings. Then the referee just rings the bell, yeah. It doesn't even take a half a second. I'm like, the guy unless is they, so, Unless they need it to. Because Luger is so powerful that the guy is just in so much pain at the very <laughs> thought of, of Luger putting any pressure on the move that they're like, I give up! I give up! <laughs> it happens every time I see a Luger match on Nitro and it bothers the shit out of me. No. Crowd shot replays Mean Gene. He talks to them about Sting. Thank you very much, gentlemen. St. Patrick's Day in Savannah. I have with me the total package, Lex Luger and Giant. Some great news last night in neighboring Charleston, South Carolina. He came back home. I'm talking about none other than Sting. And I gotta tell you something, Giant. I, along with many others, very happy to see him back. Mean Gene, I was happy as well. For a long time in WCW, Lex Luger, the Steiner brothers, and here lately myself, have carried the load for world championship wrestling. And it's nice to see. It's ecstatically wonderful. The light at the end of the tunnel is now much brighter. When somebody, the caliber of Sting, comes back home! Lex Luger, make no uh, mistake about it. We're very happy, not only personally, but for the organization for World Championship Wrestling. Right now, when we need a, a good hand like Sting, he's back. He didn't let us down. You know, it's more than a good hand. At this very moment, I feel that I believe in Santa Claus. I believe in the Leprechaun. I believe in the Easter Bunny. And I even believe in the Tooth Fairy. Because when the singer dropped from the sky above last night, my faith in mankind, my faith in world championship wrestling, my faith in each and every one of you out there that have stood by us for the past year, all this NWO, gangster, you name it, anti-establishment stuff has been going on. We have been rewarded because last night, I'm proud of the way the Giant fought. I'm proud of the way the Steiner brothers have always fought each and every world championship wrestler and proud of the way the fans have stood by us all the way through this. But there is a new order, and it's not new world order, because we may not, we may not have had our hand raised in victory last night, but we had the all, the whole organization of world championship wrestling uplifted with the arrival of the man named Sting. Giant has some interesting inflection. Yeah. Luger is still garbage. Luger and everybody, Luger and Tony and Gene and, and Larry. Oh, Sting Larry. came home. Oh, we, this is the first time Sting's come home in six months. Sting's been here. <laughs> He's been here like every other week, hanging out in the Raptors, hanging out with Savage at one point. Dropping Rick Steiner on his head. Like, what the fuck? Y'all act like Sting left. 
Uh, mean Gene shows Luger some photos from last night that are so fucking pixelated they look like they came from a PlayStation game. Yeah. And then tells Luger they don't actually have time to talk about them because they have to go to break. Yep. We come back to more pixelated photos, this time for Mortis versus Glacier. Jeff, Tony, uh, see I wrote Jeff because Jeff was supposed to be here. Sal, Tony says it was a martial arts match where any martial arts move is legal. Are martial arts moves usually illegal? See? Yeah, touch of death. Run. We're on the same. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Quit it, Bart. Quit it, Bart. Quit it, Bart. Enter Sonny Ono and Ultimate Dragon. So apparently there's no Japanese commentary for this match. Sonny Ono is back to his disposable camera. So I guess that digital camera ain't all it's cracked up to be, is it? Dragon is taking on pumpkin fucker Bobby Eaton. It's nice that Baylock. the uh, former um, Blue Blood himself... Sir Robert Eaton. Nope. Earl. 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 He's still a fucking jobber here. It's so pathetic. Yep. Uh, they lock up. Bobby shoves Dragon, and Dragon hits the floor to regroup. Okay, sure. Into the corner, Bobby hits a quick right to Dragon's jaw back and forth. Off the ropes, Bobby gets a clothesline. Why is Bobby Eaton dominating Ultimate Dragon? Dragon takes Eaton off the top of the Hurricane Run up barely and pins him for three. What the actual fuck was that? Seriously. Sal, what... <laughs> The fuck was that? Bobby, we need you on Nitro. You're going to do three minutes with, with uh, Dragon, Dragon over. Yeah, well, I'm going to make him look like shit the first two and a half. <laughs> also, how sad is it if you're Bobby Eaton in 1997? You were a pro wrestler. You made some pretty good money in the in the early 80s. You were part of the, the, uh, the Midnight Express. You drew some money. You were a veteran. And now all these guys with their flippy shit come into your business and you're a jobber. Like, how do you not take your own life? I'm just... Jesus. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's just such a pathetic existence at this point. Just retire. Stop fuck. Okay, taking your own life is a little much. But just fucking retire. A little much. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, here comes the NWO. Dragon's still in the ring. Hogan comes out with Macho, Liz, Bischoff, DiBiase. The Outsiders are here, too, along with Vincent, Scott Norton, Six, and Buff. So I guess this is the whole crew. Wow. Uh, First time I've seen the whole crew interact with each other. Uh, by the time they get to the ring, Dragon has disappeared. First things first. Another big win for the NWO. Yeah, that's right. Thanks to the newest member. Well, you know, now that everybody in the world has bowed to the NWO and realizes what we said was written, said, and now has became true, we rule supreme, we're the power, and we're the newest member, Dirty Dog Hot Rod Dennis Rodman, the madness, and big bad dudes like the Outsiders and the rest of the brothers we shall rule for all eternity. Anywhere, anytime, anyone we want. And Macho, real quickly, for Diamond Dallas Page's benefit, you know what? There's nothing I'd rather see than you kicking his tail. You want to do it? Oh, really? The NWO makes dreams happen. Kimberly's husband... Yeah, I'll do it. Take him, he's yours. I got it! And now, the biggest announcement of the night. The World Tag 
Americans have got something very special they want to say. And I think it has something to do with, what's their names again? Einsteiners, the Einsteiners. Yeah, you know, they've had a couple of mishaps lately, but we're going to do them a little favor here, and that's just this. Steiners, two weeks from now, Spring Stampede, Tupelo, Mississippi! Oh boy. Bring it on, baby! We got the contract signed because the Outsiders are just too sweet! There you have it! Good shot! And his hair is perfect. We'll take Keith Tennis out of line at Spring Stampede. Thank you very much. You are so welcome. This promo is notable mostly because it's the one where right after Hall hits that too sweet line, somebody from the crowd nails him right in the dome with a drink and he no-sells it completely. Dude, mad respect to Scott Hall. So so good. He did not move. Not even a head twitch. And then he slicked his hair back. And then Bischoff was like, look, not even a hair out of place. And he's right. It it didn't even move. It's it's so good. It is so, so good. Uh, Then an ad for the NWO hotline, because let's milk the fuck out of these marks when we can. Mm -hmm. When we come back, it is meaningless pyro time, because it is hour number two. Tanae and Bobby uh, join Tony at commentary, of course. Bobby looking very classy this evening in his flower print tie and vest. Tony talks to Tanae as the crowd loudly chants Weasel. We then recap the Macho and DDP segment from Hour 1. Tony says that the match between Macho and DDP has been signed for Spring Stampede. The wives will be in the corners and there will be no disqualifications. Wait, what wives? Kimberly and... Kimberly and Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Really? Because they've been divorced since 92. And they also talked about him going out with Pamela Anderson in 95. You remember that, Liz, when I had Pamela as my girlfriend? Not married. Not even kayfabe-wise. Nope. Uh, enter Alex Wright and Mark Starr. They're here to get beat up by Jeff Jarrett and Mongo. During their entrance, we go to photo recaps of the Tornado match last night, since Mongo and Jeff cost Public Enemy the match for no reason. Jeff starts with Alex Wright, whose trunks can only be described as slime green. Jarrett takes Alex down and tags in Mongo, who makes the dumbest face for like 15 seconds. (laughs) Wright avoids a back elbow in the corner from Jarrett and is able to tag Star in. Star clotheslines Jarrett and elbows Mongo, which brings Mongo into uh, a chop block. Hmm. Yes, which brings Mongo into chop block Star a couple times. Jarrett locks on a figure four and Star submits. This brings out Johnny Grunge in a trash can. He throws the trash can at Jarrett, and Rocco Rock appears from nowhere. Grunge grabs Jarrett as Deborah raises the Halliburton above her head. Grunge gets into position and then just waits a few seconds for Deborah to decide that it's time to actually swing the briefcase. Grunge no-sells the briefcase from Deborah, but not the one from Jarrett. Well, he sold it for a second. The two teams brawl down the aisle into the big open area behind commentary. This causes Bobby some slight panic, but enemy are eventually sent backstage, and the horsemen talk to Mean Gene on the ramp. So, when Jared hit Rocco with the Halliburton, and he no-sold it for like a second, I'm like, wait a minute. Last night it killed you? (laughs) But tonight it only kind of hurts? It's because it was Jared, not Mongo. Only Mongo possesses the true power of the Halliburton. Fair. Gene announces that these two teams will face off at Spring Stampede. Why? 
Sadly, he talks to Deborah. She's just awful. You remember how Gene I said Le- 1997 was good for WCW? I certainly don't remember a Horseman Public Enemy feud. Yeah. Gene lightly mocks Deborah, and Mongo gets mad at him. Jarrett then talks about proving Flair right and almost forgets the name of the next pay-per-view. Mongo then yells at the crowd for booing his wife. Deborah then makes fun of Johnny Grunge's girlfriend. We don't know Johnny Grunge's girlfriend uh, or who Johnny Grunge's girlfriend is, and though I was able to find his wife's name through Google, I don't know if she was his girlfriend at this time and certainly can't find any ties between her and wrestling other than their relationship. Bizarre. They were anyway. point during this that I yeah. looked up if Deborah was actually ever married to Jarrett. No. She divorced from Mongo in 98 and immediately started dating one Steve Foster. Right. So why did she come over to WWF with Jeff Jarrett? Weird. Don't ask. Don't don't ask me questions. Also, I don't care. Also, I not only do I hate the fact that Jarrett's a horseman, but we'll just me, talk over my joke. But <laughs> sorry, let me get this straight. Jeff Jarrett is still wearing that stupid ass 1994 Double J <laughs> fucking halter top thing. <laughs> God. Oh, ain't he great, Sal? Nope. Not even a little bit. Anyway, we come back for the one that I recollect on the road report. Liam Marshall is in Duluth, Minnesota, where it's very cold. What Rainy a day. Waste. Why do they even do... Can't these be on Saturday night? What a waste huh. of fucking time. Rainy day weasel is the joke because Bob Dylan. It's so terrible it causes the graphic to disappear from the screen and they have to cut to a crowd shot. What a shame. Enter Scott Norton. He's taking on Chavo Guerrero Jr. tonight. The bell rings, and they just kind of stare at each other. They lock up. Norton shoves Chavo back. Chavo hits drop kick, but Norton no-sells it and clotheslines Chavo inside out. Norton mocks Chavo into the ringside camera, and Tanae says Norton is part of the international contingent of the NWO and will be heading back overseas in the next month. Can he stay there? Can he? I don't mind Scott Norton. What's your problem with Scott Norton? Because he will flash you. Scott Flash Norton. That's right, baby. Chavo starts to work the left leg of Norton, trying to get him down, but it does not work too well. A flying dropkick staggers Norton back to the corner, and another dropkick just bounces off him. Chavo tries to whip Norton across for some reason, but gets reversed hard into the buckles himself. Norton cripples Chavo with a powerbomb and pins him for three. Norton again mocks Chavo's size and leaves. Don't put these fucking cruiserweights in the ring with me. It's true. Where's Ice Train? <laughs> Who the fuck's the Ice Train? No, we don't, we don't need to revisit that feud. Fire and ice, baby. To replays for some reason, then Tony talks about how many people were talking about Dennis Rodman last night. Then we go to a video from Hogan and Rodman in special NWO motion sickness vision. They do not say anything important. I know a couple people that were talking about Dennis Rodman that night. The Bulls front office. Cause why is this motherfucker missing practice? <laughs> when we come back, the NWO music plays again. The Outsiders appear to have decided to have their match. Are they going to face high voltage again? Some other shitty team? Let's find out together. In the crowd, a, a bunch of NWO fans don't know how to make the Wolfpack symbol, so they just tell the outsiders that they love them. <laughs> Hall and Nash sing the Cops theme song, and then we hear the strains of Mike Enos's bizarrely heroic theme song, and for fuck's sake, Sal, it's Bunkhouse Buck. First of all, Bunkhouse Buck is still alive at this no. point. I'm surprised he's not a chalk line somewhere. Second of all, what the fuck happened to Mike Enos? He got fat. He's an anus. He got fat. He's a fatty. <laughs> if this show had titles, that would be the title. All right, let's get this over with. Scott starts with Buck, who I think is supposed to look like he's wearing jeans, but they look soft and stretchy, so they, they just look like jeggings. 
Uh, <laughs> Buck tries to tag out. Mike Enos refuses. Nash tags in, continues the beating. Nash throws Buck at Enos, who tries to say there wasn't a tag, but the referee disagrees. Hall tags in and destroys Enos as well. It's Bunk House Buck, yeah. correct? Yeah. Bunk okay. House Butch, yep. Yep. Okay. And the match is a bunkhouse match? Bunkhouse Brawl. Bunkhouse Brawl? Bunkhouse Bevy? I don't know. (laughs) Bunkhouse Beverly! That's what they should have called Enos! Jesus Christ. (laughs) (sighs) Enos manages a clothesline that kind of makes contact. He sends Hall into the ropes so Bunkhouse can kick him. Hall takes exception to this and punches Buck in the ear. Enos hits a power slam and gets a two count. Enos sends Hall off the ropes and kind of locks on a sleeper. Hall eventually turns into a side suplex, and both men are down. Enos tags out, but can't catch Hall before Hall tags out. Buck makes stupid faces, and Nash beats up uh, the both of them. He hits a sidewalk slam on Enos, which Tony calls a side suplex. Then a big boot to Buck. Hall prevents Enos from stopping the jackknife, and then Hall outsiders edges Enos. Hall pins Enos for three, even though Nash and Buck were legal, but who the fuck cares, honestly? Now, surprisingly, though we've seen him on pay-per-view a few times, this is Bunkhouse Buck's one and only appearance on Nitro. <laughs> Buck has two more matches over the next eight months, one on Saturday night the same week, and then a November house show, but never appears on Nitro or pay-per-view again. Can you put someone in the dumpster that actually kind of lives in the dumpster <laughs> anyway? Right? Also, do you see, looking at Bunkhouse Buck tonight, why I thought, as a kid, him and him and Terry Funk were the same <laughs> Also, also, it's good to see that Scott Hall is still sober at this point in your timeline. That will change pretty mm. soon. Hall tells the Steiners to come get some into the ringside cam, and we go to replays. When we come back from break, we go back to Uncensored again for Piper's interview, yelling at Flair and Anderson for not being there. Also, it just occurred to me, Piper picked three schlubs and then replaced those schlubs with the horsemen and said on Nitro that the schlubs would still have his back at Uncensored. There were no schlubs at Uncensored. I was going to say, they weren't there either. So he's screaming at Flair and Anderson, where were your schlubs? John Tenta! Where were your schlubs? (laughs) Chiropractor death! (laughs) Loincloth, where are you? I heard one of those guys was Luther Reigns. No. That's what somebody said when I was trying to find out who the the mystery man was that left WCW, uh, you know, and then it turns out it was fucking Well, pissed. somebody is fucking wrong. You sure it wasn't Luther Reigns? I'm telling you, one of those slubs might have been Luther Reigns. Enter Benoit. Billy Kidman is already in the ring, and the match starts literally as soon as Benoit gets there. Benoit just beats... First of all, I did not realize that was Billy Kidman for a second. And then... When I realized it was Billy Kidman, I said to myself, Oh, fuck. This poor kid. You want a match with Nitro, kid? Go ahead. Have this fucking crazy fuck beat the shit out of you. Yeah, Benoit just beats Kidman up, chopping him in the corner, off the ropes for a knee lift, then a flapjack, crossface submission, that's it. Literally. Dude, Benoit beat the snot out of this Mm -hmm. kid. I felt kind of bad for him. Gene is in the ring with Benoit and Woman. They are immediately interrupted by Ric Flair. Flair hugs Benoit and Woman, and then Gene goes back to his question. Benoit talks to Arn about his surgery, then talks to then he talks to Kevin Sullivan. Why is this not over? I mean, it kind of sounded over, because, you know, Benoit wasn't threatening him anymore. He was just like, you got to help yourself, dude. You're pathetic. Uh, it, <clears throat> it does bear mentioning that the son who turned on 
Kevin Sullivan, let's assume, on Saturday night. Um, it's also Nancy's son. And, and his name is goes, David Benoit. And no, that's that's a different son. And Gene goes, Nancy, anything to say about this? No, I'm sorry. He goes, Woman, anything to say about this? And she goes, No, nope, yep. not at all. That's what I wrote. Gene confirms with Nancy that she has nothing to say, and we go to Ric Flair. And listen to this crowd welcome you. Confusion of the party here in Savannah. Someone said, Nature Boy! Roddy Piper was calling your name last evening. And he wanted to know where I was. Well, Hot Rod, I was in Savannah. We're given the power to walk the aisle with the most elite fighting machine in our sport, the Four Horsemen, Benoit, Michael, and Double J. And the story I get from the Horsemen is, you dropped the ball. Uh-oh. Hot Rod. Hot Rod, you were the fastest gun in our sport. If you wanted to find out where you were, you hung out with Roddy Piper. But in retrospect, let me go back. Maybe when you walked out here three weeks ago and said, I want to go home to my wife and babies, I'm tired. Maybe I should have listened. Maybe I should have walked out and said, I want to go home too. But I can't. You know why? Because I'm a horseman. You and I, we woke up in the house of the rising sun more times than I could count. Double A goes down for the night. You think Double A will say, Oh, Rick, take care of Aaron and the babies. No, he'll say, Bring me a Miller Lite when I wake up. Piper, my point of view is, you got two choices in life. You can go home to your wife and baby, or you can be a horseman and then sold on. By the way, so Flair comes out, and I was kind of curious, like, how does Benoit interact with Flair at this point? And I'm like, okay, he treats him like the leader of the Four Horsemen. That's that's acceptable. But then they make Flair just stand in the side while they interview Benoit, and I'm like, why have him come out at that point? Why not let Benoit <laughs> and then have him come out? Yeah. Also, Flair looks like shit. <laughs> he looks. More stylish now when he shows up on Raw to punch Randy Orton in the dick than he did in 1997 on Nitro. What is that shirt? This is the Nature Boy. He looks like he's gonna go play chess in the fucking park. 
I'll find some place in there to put the sound clip in. So instead of backing up his team at Uncensored, he was in the next town getting laid. Good to know. And well, our you can cry and whine about wanting to go home to your wife and kids, or you can be a horseman. So, are Flair and Piper feuding now? I'm not sure, I'm not yes. sure how I feel about that. Sure. Uh, but Flair can't wrestle, so... <laughs> so. Yes. so... 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 When we come back, Michael Buffer is in the ring. Yeah, what the fuck? Fucking... Why, why do I have to deal with this every... Do I have to deal with this every week now? No, I was going to ask you, do they pay him extra Fuck. They pay, they they gave him like a too much of a check and they were like, hey, "Listen, we're getting that money's worth. They come in tomorrow night too." <sighs> Your main event this evening is Harlem Heat versus the Steiners. Bobby tries to assure us that this is a very important match. Ladies and gentlemen, wrestling fans around the world. It is now time for me to waste 10 good minutes of match time. For your announcement of the main event of the evening. Shut up. <laughs> Somebody kick him in the head. Uh, Booker starts with Scott. Scott gets an impressive gorilla press slam on Booker. Scott ta- Rick looks fine. I wrote Scott tags in. Rick Steiner, who got, who got Rick. Rick Steiner, who got hospitalized the night before, looks absolutely <laughs> fine. Rick tags in. Stevie tags in. Heat double team for a bit. Rick nails a back body drop and pins Stevie for two into the ropes, and Booker kicks Rick in the spine, allowing Stevie to power slam him. Stevie lays the boots in and tags in Booker. Booker hits a sidewalk slam, almost misses an elbow drop that Rick doesn't quite roll far enough away from, and Rick tags out. Scott cleans house. Rick and Stevie brawl on the outside as Scott and Booker fight in the ring, and here come the NWO. You didn't want a clean finish on your main event, did you? Of course not. Who would The outsiders focus on Rick outside the ring, then roll him into the larger brawl in the ring. Where's Sting? Luger runs out. Giant follows him. They help WCW folks clear the ring. Finally, there's the explosion from the ceiling, and Sting comes down. He releases his quick release, which I'm sure is rated for more than 40 pounds, and points his bat at Hogan from the corner. Hogan throws a hissy fit. Savage literally throws Hogan backstage, and we go off the air. And you watch that, and you watch the the previous night, and you think, why didn't they fight at Bash of the Beach? <laughs> Oh, because we have to get Rodman on the card. Like, fuck you. <laughs> I will say this. For the first time in months, it feels like WCW actually has a chance against the NWO. Yes. I For agree. the longest time now, it's just been the NWO running roughshod at all the pay-per-views, causing chaos on Nitro. And now finally, WCW has Sting back, who honestly feels like he can even the odds. Not just Sting. We have, for once, basically a united front. We have the Giant, we have Luger, we have the Steiners, and we even have fucking Harlem Heat helping mm-hmm. them. And Tony Schiavone brought that up. He said, this is what we should have got last night at Uncensored. Mm. Other than that, this episode of Nitro was truly lackluster. Lackluster? Short. This fucking thing sucked. Short, meaningless uh, matches. Only two matches longer than five minutes on the entire show. This was just overall meh. I guess. Okay, admittedly. I guess watch Dean Malenko and Scotty Riggs. Uh, it's certainly the best match of the night, but that ain't saying much. Well, no, 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 no. You need to watch Rey Mysterio and Psychosis and watch Rey. <laughs> 
So, I know it's been a while since I've watched a full episode of Nitro, but I, when did Nitro turn into the promo yeah, show? Right. That's the only thing that I found interesting tonight was was the Savage and DDP bit. Um, and then, like, the NWO promos in the ring weren't bad when they were pushing the narrative, and then Sting showing up. Everything else was it was like an episode of Saturday Night. It was just a bunch of jobber matches. Yeah, there's there's nothing here. And like, I'm sorry, but the fucking there were how many fucking people on this show that have never made an appearance on this show again? Yeah, six. Nitro. Nitro has ebbs and flows. Like there there was one episode uh, a little while back where literally we went to Mean Gene after every match and that was very tiresome but must be tiresome for gene too he's like i'm fucking <laughs> 70 i don't need this shit anymore but yeah this this episode was just bleh what would you give it out of 10 oh. you know it's it's so fucked up because sting shows up and it's like oh immediately it's not that bad. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Uh, but still, for me, it's a four. It's a four point three eight out of ten on Cage Match. Yeah, pulled in. That's about right. A TV rating of three point six. If there was no Sting and just it went off the air with the NWO beating down Harlem Heat and Steiners, it would have been a yeah. two. <laughs> Meanwhile, over on the USA Network, we are live from Syracuse, New York, with Monday Night Raw episode two hundred one. Raw is War episode two, Sal. The go home show for WrestleMania thirteen. <gasps> We talked to Ahmed and Farouk during our opening contest, LOD versus the Nation. Then the Slam of the Week is Taker taking out everyone in last week's main event. Then we try to talk to Farouk, but he's not there because he's about to attack, attack Ahmed Johnson from behind. Did you say LOD versus the yep. Nation? That happened on the Raw episode? Yep. And then six days later, they did the fucking match at, at WrestleMania 13? Yep. The street yep. fight? Why give away? Never mind. Because that had Ahmed and, and Farouk, too. Because they added so much to that match at And it was a street fight. Uh, this Friday, uh, sorry, LOD win by disqualification when Farouk attacks Animal as well. Ahmed saves the day. This Friday, live on USA, is the Slammy Awards. Uh, commentary discusses the main event cage match. China finally gets a name as Hunter enters for his match against Flash Funk. Hunter wins with a pedigree. You mean she's not just that <laughs> woman who attacked Marlena? Right. Uh, Governor Chris. That Amazon to JR's called that large woman. Governor Christy Todd Whitman did some shit to allow the WWF to hold shows in New Jersey. Uh, Masquerita Sagrada Jr. and Mini Goldust defeat Mini Mankind and Mini Vader. Gorilla Monsoon then confirms that. I'm sorry, there was a Mini Goldust. Yep. I remember the other yep. two. Didn't remember Mini Goldust. Gorilla Monsoon then confirms that tonight's cage match is for the WWF Championship. Kevin Kelly then talks to Bret Hart. Adam and George sell us WrestleMania 13 hockey jerseys and denim jackets in a <laughs> hilarious commercial. The Sultan defeats Jobber with Rocky Maivia on commentary. Hour 2 begins with Vince talking to Shawn Michaels, who's super sappy now that he's found his smile. Then The Undertaker is mad. British Bulldog defeats Vader by disqualification when Mankind interferes. Billy Gunn beats a nobody with Ken Shamrock on commentary for some reason. Gunn then challenges Shamrock to a fight and gets his ass kicked. Steve Austin is not impressed. Sid then screams at us about the title match as they build the cage. Sid then defeats Brett in the cage match despite Steve Austin's best efforts and thanks to the Undertakers. And you know what happens after that, Sal. We've quoted this many a time. Possibly one of the most iconic in my mind moments in Bret Hart's career. 
And I don't normally include sound clips from Raw, but come on. Come on. Come on. This consonant, Bret Hart, is going to be terribly frustrated. Extremely frustrated over what has just happened. Whoa! Frustrated isn't a goddamn word for it! This is bullshit! Screw me! Everybody screws me! And nobody does a goddamn thing about it! Nobody in the building cares! Nobody in the dressing room cares! So much goddamn injustice around here! I've had up to here! We apologize, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody knows it! I know it! Everybody knows it! I should be the World Wrestling Federation champion! Get him out of the ring! Everybody just keeps turning a blind eye. You keep turning a blind eye to it. I got that gorilla monsoon. He turns a blind eye to it. Everybody in that goddamn dressing room knows that I'm the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Cut him off. If you don't like it, tough shit. Frustrated isn't the goddamn Such an right. iconic. <laughs> You were saying you were gonna say something. It is such an iconic clip. However, I'm not sure if it's on this night or on the pre-show for WrestleMania. But Austin also cuts an amazing promo where he and I and I'm not sure if it was on this raw, but he's like, I tried to make it for the title, Brad. I gave you every chance to beat Sid, and you just couldn't get the job done. Yeah. I love that uh, promo by Austin, too. Under yeah, Brett, like Brett and Steve then yell at each other from ring to Tron. Then Sid comes out to get screamed at as well. <laughs> this is when Sid yells, I don't know shit at Brett. <laughs> See? Underrated promos all around. Uh, then Undertaker comes down as well, because why the fuck not? Brett dives on Taker. Austin dives on Brett. Taker goes for Sid. Vince gets pissed at Brett for hitting Pat Patterson. Shawn Michaels appears and does nothing, and then we go off the air bits to chaos. You said Shawn Michaels appears and does nothing, but I thought I saw Shawn Michaels dancing. <laughs> so here's the thing. And this this is the one point, the one very small part of Shawn Michaels' career that I absolutely hate. You're going to tell me the man who reached his boyhood dream in 1996, held the title for most of 96, relinquishes the title because he lost his smile... And supposedly had to have knee surgery. But yet here he is on Raw, dancing away. Doesn't look like a guy who had knee surgery and or lost his smile. What the fuck? We talked about that in the Lost His Smile episode. Uh, this this is, of course, a classic episode of Raw. Possibly one of the best go-homes in history, I'd say. Uh, it has a 6.36 out of 10 on Cage Match, pulling a TV rating of 2.4. Do you remember watching Absolutely. That Okay. In my mind, especially because, like, I would always talk wrestling with my older cousins and stuff like that, there was no way Brett wasn't walking out with <laughs> right? the title. And they weren't going to make Brett versus Austin. We, we talked about this on one of our other shows. Uh, I can't remember if it was title or if it was, uh, if it was AEW. Or, even, or if it was even part that we recorded, if it was just when we were shooting the shit. I, I specifically recall the big deal that was made out of Bret Hart in cage matches. And them specifically making a big deal out of Bret Hart is undefeated in cage matches or something to that effect. 
to the point where, oh, okay, title changes here, I guess. Taker and Sid will just fuck each other at the pay-per-view. And and then the title change didn't happen. And we got that promo as and it was it was so it was at that point was one of the most real moments mm. that has happened on Raw. Oh, absolutely. Because you because absolutely. you've got you've you get the shot after the commercial break. The main event ends and they go to commercial and you're like, okay, but and then they come back and the ring crew is taking the cage apart. Like the cage is half deconstructed. And you've got Vince McMahon in the ring and you've got Bret Hart in the ring and Bret just loses his fucking mind. And in my in my 15-year-old head, or I was a 14-year-old head at this point, I was like, oh, Bret Hart just went crazy. Right. Because he, he always wins cage matches and he didn't win this cage match. Shit. So there, there's a little bit of a problem with my fandom here because th- I hate to say this. I was a Bret Hart fan, but always more of a fan of other people. Like in 94, I was more of a fan of Luger, admittedly. And then in 96, I was way more of a fan of Shawn Michaels. <laughs> so as much as I did like Bret, when this moment happened, I remember pretty much being worked and being like what a fucking whine what a cry baby shut the fuck up and do your fucking job you fucking loser like i it, they did their job because i hated brett by the end of wrestlemania 13 yeah 100 percent. uh more on that next week um yeah. So elsewhere in the world on March 17th, 1997, John Wayne Gacy celebrated his 55th birthday. Gary Sinise celebrated his 42nd birthday. We're doing serial killers now on this <laughs> it show? It came up. It was interesting to me. Uh, Rob Lowe celebrated his 33rd birthday. Billy Corgan celebrated his 30th birthday. Uh, Bill Miller, one of the best uh, third basemen in history, uh, celebrated his 26th birthday. Test celebrated his 22nd birthday. And Samoa Joe celebrated his 18th birthday. You did not just say test, test. celebrated his twenty second yes. birthday. That's that can't be accurate. You know he was wrestling in the WWE a year later. So test Andrew Martin was twenty three when he started in ninety eight, or maybe it was ninety nine. Still, he was twenty four. That's crazy. You know what? I kind of take back all the bad shit I said about test if he was really that young. March seventeenth, nineteen seventy five. Wow. He was a fucking baby, dude. No, And you know what? Now I feel bad for calling him green as goose shit when we saw him at King of the Ring 2000. <laughs> Not King of the Ring. Fully, um, fully, fully looked. Yeah. All right. So unless you have anything else to add on Nitro, on Uncensored, on anything. I, I am glad that the WWF is very quickly starting to respond. Because they got their asses kicked from June of 96 all the way to the end. And and you know, because you've been doing these recaps, the WWF did very little to respond during that time period. I mean, what was their biggest uh, response? Uh, fake Hall and Nash? <laughs> fake Razor and Diesel? They didn't do anything to respond. Now with this Austin thing, and maybe it happened naturally, maybe that was the plan all along because it's been happening since, since the, uh, you know, third quarter 96 
But they're starting, like this whole thing with Austin and Brett and Vince and that realism, they're starting to turn their product from fucking T.L. Hopper and Duke the Dumpster Drozzy into, hey, we're tired of getting our asses kicked. We need to turn this around. And it's a great, great wave of momentum that they start putting on. As far as WCW goes, they're still doing good things. And nobody's going to be perfect, except for Kurt Henning. But um, they they are also not doing anything for the future. They're just kind of milking everything that they have. Like they they're they're doing that classic you know wrestling promoter bullshit where it's just let's just milk it while it's hot, and then that shit runs out. At, at the end of 98, and then all the money runs out, and then all the sponsors run out, and then they suck. Like, uh, it's a shame they couldn't creatively be better. But you can tell right now that all all the success they're having right now is the payoff of what the work they put in and from, you know, Bash of the Beach 96. They're not doing anything yeah. new. They're not creating new stars, as it were. <laughs> yeah. And I mean... Uh, Part of this, just uh, once we get uh, towards the end of the year, uh, is really just something that inadvertently falls in Vince McMahon's lap and he takes full advantage of. But, um, yeah, definitely the, the, the rise of Stone Cold in full effect here. Um, so on, on Sunday, we get the double turn uh, yeah. in that amazing submission match. So, Also, so many times we see a really great heel turn face in wrestling, and nine times out of ten he gets his balls cut off. He's not the same guy he was when he was a heel. That didn't happen with Austin. He was still a son of a bitch. And I think that's why it worked. But um, I'm never going to get a chance to say this again, because God knows when you'll get to it, but in my opinion, when you have the crowd... So red hot for Sting right now, right? What they should have done is he should have had a series of matches. And if you wanted to do Hogan and Sting and Starkey, that's fine. But from now until then, Sting versus Hall. Sting versus Savage. Sting versus Nash. Like, have him take them out one by one. And have little mini feuds going into each pay-per-view. That way, Sting doesn't have any ring rust. Do you know what I mean? And you're building, you're building on the momentum. Instead, what we see Sting do in these two episodes is the greatest thing we see Sting do for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. And then he does it a couple more times. Shows up, drops from the ceiling, hits somebody with a baseball bat, points at Hogan. Come on. Yeah. It's so now, frustrating. Now, again, having having not seen any of this, um, right. There, there have been many arguments that this this build is a, a, a very good build because you kept them apart for so long. You kept the fans wanting that, and and you know not even giving them a taste of it until until we get to December. I, I agree. It is as many times has been described. The most anticipated feud in pro wrestling history. 
But the problem is when you have a match that is that highly anticipated, nine times out of ten it's going to fail. And all the reasons we heard why it failed, one of them was Sting was out of shape, Sting wasn't in ring shape, and like all these things could have been avoided if you gave Sting opponents leading up to Hogan, in my opinion. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh... You know, I'll see what happens, as it were. I, 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 I thought of a question that I was going to ask you, and I was going to start it with, now no spoilers, but but the question itself is just completely spoilerific. Is it Sting who, t- who, who took out uh, Bubba and Wall Street? Or is it? Do we, do we ever find that out? I don't think we ever find nice. that out. I think that's one of those who raised the briefcase. Perfect. Because right? <laughs> it's Bubba and Wall Street. Like, who gives a fuck? Um, my bigger question, and I don't remember the answer to this, is with how red hot Sting is right now. How the fuck do we get from here until December? <laughs> like that's what I, it, I, I know there's a couple of tricks they pull in the summer to to keep Hogan busy, but primarily I don't think they do much anything with Sting, which is a waste it seems. Mm-hmm. Right? Like then again, Sting to this day is doing stuff that I think is a waste in wrestling companies. So I don't know what you're talking about. So that uh, wraps up 1997 for this round. Of course, I have nothing to plug in what's left of the wasteland that is 2020. Uh, as always, visit rundownwrestling.com every day for the latest from the Rundown Wrestling Network. If you want to support us monetarily, you have a number of ways to do so. You can become a patron at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can get early access to upcoming episodes. $12 a year, just to say that you care about what we do. We appreciate that. Uh, if you want to make a one-time donation as opposed to a monthly commitment, you can visit paypal.me slash rundownwrestling or ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Name your amount, go to town. Uh, lastly, of course, you can go to stitcher.com slash premium, enter promo code rundown when you sign up for a monthly membership. You'll get your first month for free. It's just four ninety nine a month after that. And every month you stay subscribed, we get a little bit of a kickback. Uh, also, if you enjoy watching other people do things, come hang out with me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash the Salzer Effect, uh, T-H-E-S-A-L-Z-E-R-E-F-F-E-C-T. Uh, I play games, I produce podcasts, I record podcasts. We have fun. Come give me a follow. Say hi. How's Sonic Spinball go today? <laughs> I had to tap out because I had to go to the bathroom. Uh, it got enrageful. Um, mm. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so come hang out with me. If you cannot remember the spelling of that, there is a, a small little banner on rundownwrestling.com that you can click on. Uh, that'll take you straight to my Twitch channel. Thank you, Troy, for that. Um, speaking of the, uh, the Rundown Wrestling Network, hang out with Sal and me. Um, AEW Rundown every Thursday give or take, um, except when we take weeks off. Uh, title subject to change every uh, so often, typically every other Monday, though that changes from time to time, uh, where we uh, let a uh, computer pick something off the WB network, and then we just uh, watch it and talk about it. You can watch along with us if you want, or you can just uh, listen to us make fools of ourselves most of the time. For the record, the computer's getting weird, too. <laughs> It will just say stuff like, bro, you got to watch this shit, bro. It's the greatest shit ever. And I'm like, what are you going to give me? Have you not learned by now <laughs> not to mock the randomizer? Because the randomizer will make you pay. 
I'm just saying the randomizer has gotten very. Yeah, I won't say it's his name. because but anyway, you're talking shit. I want. I want to say this just to close out Nitromania. Everybody, listen to Nitromania for the retro recap. But please do yourself a favor and go back and watch these pay per views for dust <laughs> commentary. Yeah, it is fucking comedy. Old. Uh, and Dusty thinks so too. Yeah, obviously I include some sound clips here, but uh, you cannot include the full breadth and width uh, because otherwise the show would be six hours long. The sheer girth of Dusty cannot be captured in this show. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> we'll wrap it up. Uh, that is it for this episode of Nitromania. Thank you, Sal, for joining me. I do appreciate you. Uh, though though low in quality content, I do think these were still two decent shows story-wise. Much better than what I was in this. Uh, thank you for listening. Stay safe. Stay sane. Wear a mask. Social distance. Be kind to one another. And join me next time right here as I talk to you. Fuck at you. I fucked up my catch. Join me right here as I talk at you next time. I'm not sure what I get. Pull up your socks and get ready. You have been listening to a Rundown Wrestling Network production. Please visit rundownwrestling.com for all of our shows, as well as our other special events. Keep it locked there, or subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher Premium, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Leave us a voice message that we will play on an episode by going to anchor.fm slash rundownwrestling slash message. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. You can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck at ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Go to reddit.com slash r slash rundownwrestling. Follow us on Twitter at rundownnetwork. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics and twat shots via rundownwrestling at gmail.com. Or go to Instagram or YouTube and look for Rundown Wrestling. Follow us on Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash rundownwrestling. And you can also follow our host Adam on twitch.tv slash the saleser effect. This has been a Rundown Wrestling Network production. <laughs>